Oh. It means go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, got it. Yes. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special midday episode of the Growing with Fishes podcast. Uh, today, we have the gentleman from the High on Homegrown show. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good and high. Good and high on Homegrown. Oh, course. yes. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Oh, yeah. So they're joining us today all the way from the UK, um, which is why we had to do this at a slightly different time. Um, this is one of three shows that we're going to be doing at a, a different time. We have uh, these guys on. Uh, then we're going to also be doing another one um, with a podcaster from Ireland. Uh, and then we have another one that we're going to be doing with Mila, the hash queen in Amsterdam. And that one will be on the 20th of um, uh, of January. So be sure to check that one out. It'll be around the same time as this one. Um, Sweet. Uh, but um, thanks, everybody, for watching today. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, you can find out the Going With Fishes podcast on your favorite podcast app or, or under Potent Ponics on YouTube. Uh, and if you're looking for a full course education, you can check us out at apmjclass.com. Marty and I have over a week's worth of, of content there now uh, with over 700 slides, guided interview or uh, guided um, how-tos and all kinds of references, photos for identifying things in your garden uh, over at uh, apmjclass.com. All right, guys. Um, thanks for joining us today. Um, uh, I guess we maybe we'll start off and, and do intros and then we can uh, uh, tell everybody about the awesome content that you guys create. Um, why don't we start off with Monkey? How, how's it going, Monkey? You want to introduce yourself to everybody? Hi. Hey, guys. Um, Monkey here. And uh, unlike the other guys, I am actually American because we are an international podcast. So we do have members from North America on the panel and I am the only representative from North America here today. But how's it going, guys? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so are you saying hello to uh, or how's it going to us? Uh, probably just to the audience, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a rhetorical question. Rhetorical question. My bad. Yeah, M M Mackie <laughs> knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Who, should we should we say who's next? I don't know. Yeah, well, good one, Mackie. Why don't you take? <laughs> GP, you want to say hi, bro? You want to say we hi, GP? The Egwish people. I'm GB. Um, I'm from Ireland. Um, like the the next guest that. Pete is going to have on. Um, I'm a home grower and um, one of the panel members, is, as you know, from High on Homegrown. Yes. And I am Mackie from High on Homegrown. I'm from the UK. Uh, yeah, that's about it, really. I grow cannabis, have done for a long time, enjoy doing so. And uh, also the admin at personsgrowroom.com, a cannabis growers forum and website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that about up. it. Yeah. <laughs> persysgrowroom.com if you want to learn how to grow we are like the friendliest uh, growers forum out there on the internet so you come and sign up to us it's all free and just mm -hmm. come and you know even if you do grow already come and sign up and say hi that's it if you just click on the there forum button there the home for home growers look at that I really do need to change that front page I mean, I've been meaning to do it for a long time sweet you can see that on screen nice very nice yeah. here's the forum look at that loaded in real time it's very mm -hmm. fast, nice site. I think you'd find it to be one of the most friendly cannabis forums up there. We don't, uh, we don't dog anybody for anything. We are all new growers once. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you want to learn how to grow, this is the place to go to find out and find some community. 
That's right. Yeah, it's so hard to find non-toxic communities these days, especially very, very, the, yeah. With all the yeah. lockdowns, it seems like everyone's just angry all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, we're angry, but we just vent it a little bit different. You know, we don't take it out on one another. No, it's like we're all angry together at Perseus. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And a common anger. Yeah. Don't be angry together. <laughs> um, they also have a high on homegrown on Instagram. If you guys uh, don't already follow them, be sure to give them a follow. Uh, and then they also have, um, uh, you can find them over on Podbean. Um, is I think the easiest way to get all of their different podcasts. They're also on mm-hmm. most of the, the, the apps out there, so you can find them pretty easy. Yeah, we're on all the uh, major social ne- uh, social networks and podcasting platforms like Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, iTunes. If you, but wherever you get this podcast from, if you just search for High on Homegrown, you'll probably find us there as well. And just download, man. We got loads of interviews, so we're getting a bit spammy now. But you know, we got like Tommy Chong on the show a few times. Ed Rosenthal has been on a few times. Jorge Cervantes. We had Frenchy Cannoli. Lo- loads of cool guests, man. We've had the pleasure to speak to loads of cool people. So if that's your kind of thing, check it out, man. Uh, so uh, I guess maybe on that note, do you want to expand on that just a little bit more and tell people a little bit more about your podcast? Maybe um, uh, you know what it, what the focus is of your of your content and and kind of how you guys got started. We got started just getting high and wanted to just make a podcast because COVID was happening. Everybody was locked down. None of us were going to work at the time. So it's like, might as well do something with our free time and have a session, keep the members of Percy's entertained as well by just, uh, you know, having a podcast. So we decided we'd do cannabis news and we'll uh, talk about a, a new strain every week. We'll get an interview with somebody in the cannabis world, somewhere, you know, like uh, medical users or authors, things like that. And we just sit down get high for a couple of hours every Sunday and do a live show on our YouTube channel and just talk about that stuff. And people just enjoyed it and it built up momentum and grew. And we started getting crazy guests on the show, like Tommy Chong was on for episode four. And he's like, fucking hell, this is turning out all right, this is. And people actually enjoyed the show and it just kept on expanding. So here we are still doing it now. And they're just about to hit 100,000 downloads now. Not far away. And, uh, it's been busy. It's, it's, <laughs> it started off really as like what Mackie said, Pete. It's just we we were all in like Zoom rooms just having the, the chat and talking about weed and talking about everything. And we just it kind of went from there, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, we just wanted to set out the vibe. We're just we're just a bunch of good friends who grow homegrown and we just, you know, we like to sit around and we get along real good. And we just kind of want to share that information with everybody else. And people seem to enjoy that vibe. You know, every mm-hmm. week they come in and just they love to sit there and just listen to us talk for some reason. So that's amazing. <laughs> so uh, have you guys run into any kind of unique challenges being in the UK or not really as far? As not the- yet. Not yet. Touch wood. Touch ganja plants stem. <laughs> so, so a lot of people don't know much about the UK scene. Uh, maybe um, give us a little bit of a breakdown on, on what the you know the, the cannabis scene is like on the other side of the pond. Well, it's legal for medical uses, but it's very difficult to get it prescribed from a doctor. So it, uh, it's it, there's only a few patients in the UK who actually have their cannabis medicine paid for by the NHS, for example, because we have the National Health Service here in the UK. And that usually covers the, the cost of most medicines and you'll pay a small fee towards any prescription you have, but the price of the medicine is always the same. But when it comes to cannabis, you have to see um, a, a private, a private, what's, what's the, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? 
a private clinic you have to go see a private clinic and then a, one of those doctors will tell you if you can have cannabis and then you have to go and buy it from a, a special uh, pharmacy and it costs a stupid amount of money to buy it you know you'd be paying a couple of hundred pounds for an ounce which is very expensive some people need an ounce a week so that people can be spending 800 pounds a month just on their cannabis supply which is a uh, difficult a lot of people can't afford it What's the uh, exchange rate for pounds for people that uh, may be listening that, that don't have an idea? Um, I think a pound Bearing is about, dollars? yeah, about 130, 140. Like $1.40 for one pound, I think. It's around that. The last time I checked, maybe. I don't know. Um, what, are you saying? what are you saying? Like, what, how much is an ounce? One GBP to... US dollar, one US yeah. dollar. There we go. 400. So uh, 1.35 US dollars for every pound. Okay. So. It's worth about a third more than. Yeah, yeah. I remember okay. the days when it was double. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the pound has fallen. Brexit, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah. Way before Brexit. So uh, has that really made a big impact on the growers there in terms of like supplies or just everything in general or stuff coming in from elsewhere? Well, yeah, with with growing, mate, anything coming in from your anywhere now, anywhere other than the UK has got an extra tax to be put on it. And it also gets opened up by customs while it's on the way in. So mm-hmm. if you're buying anything grow related, because it's illegal to grow cannabis here, regardless of uh, if you've got a medical license for it or not, it's illegal to grow. So, you, you know, when you bring in a new grow light, for example, and it's coming across the, for the customs and they crack it open and be like, hmm, what's this indoor grow light for? You know, what are these cannabis seeds for? What's this Sensi grow? You know, it's it just, it's very dangerous, man. It's it's changed. Things have changed recently. So Brexit has made it very, more, very difficult. Where's he gone? He's vanished. He's vanished. He disappeared. I have no idea what happened there. <laughs> Talk amongst yourself. Today's topic is home grow. <laughs> So, um, uh, what um, what are some of the more popular cultivars there in the UK? I, I guess currently, I know in the US we know a lot about like the UK cheese and some of the other stuff like that. But what are some of the other ones? Skunk Number One, I think, is another one that I know a lot of people, at least in the United States, associate pretty heavily with the UK. But what, mm-hmm. what stuff that's popular over there? The Star Dog's a big one. The Star Dog's yeah. all over the place. Whether it's Star Dog or not, that's what it's called. Uh, Gorilla Glue number four was popular. Uh, wedding cake is another popular one. Well, come on now. If you're yeah, talking UK, you, you've got to talk cheese. You got to talk UK oh, yeah, cheese. Yeah. Lots of cheese, but that was more like from the late 90s into the 2000s. But it kind of lives on. I mean, most people in the UK know mm-hmm. about cheese, you know. That's... But, but, but nowadays, you won't find it as much. Yeah, it's right. not as easy to find a cheese because the you know, variety in cannabis strains has like grown exponentially over the last 10 years there's a shitload more strains now than there was 10 years ago you know so there's a lot more variety for people to choose from rather than it just being cheese because cheese was just a good tasty stinky strain that was popular because there was less strains to choose from but now there's so many strains you know it was a big Mm -hmm. yielder yeah yeah huge yielder yeah especially the exodus cheese back in the day you know blueberry cheese as well fuck man i'm sure you've all tasted blueberry cheese you know i have not this shit you need to get on. You don't like the cheese, though, do you, monkey? I have, I, like I told you, man, ever since I've been to Percy's, I've never grown cheese. Oh, my goodness. I know. Well, it's it's the on the list. Cheese, <laughs> right. You, I know you don't like uh, the cheese. They do, GP. Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't like the cheese because it just doesn't work for me. 
you know, I could smoke, I, I could sit down and I could smoke a half ounce and you get no, I just get no effect off it mm-hmm. whatsoever. You know, but Is yet you- the very same out of the bag of weed, my friend would be smoking and he would be on his arse after like a Henry, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, a different strange that way for different people. Everybody's system's slightly different. So, yeah, find the one you love by all means. But I think a Henry, know, um, we just a Henry for people that's not from the UK um, would be, I'm not from the UK either. I just got it from Mackie and I, it has kind of stuck because it's a Henry the eight. So it's an eight, it'd be 3.5 grams. Yeah. So that's there's a, cool a new one for all, for y'all over there. So it's a, it's a Henry. that's been the cool part about being an American as part of an international site like this is, is figuring out all the little sayings from around the world. So the Henry was one of them that came up Mm. kind of cool things. Everybody, we mean the same thing. We just sometimes use different words. Yeah. Yeah. Like four foot and 1.2 meters. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) Like at Percy's, yeah, all the tents are usually listed in in metric sizes, but we automatically convert it in our heads automatically because it's Mm. what you do. Oh. Fortnite is uh, two weeks there, not a video game. So Fortnite's two, what? Not video game. Fortnite. As far as what? Over your head, Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to share this uh this YouTube link here in the chat, but I don't think I can copy it. Oh I'll my try. bad. Here I, I can. Oh, I can do that. Send it to you in a different way if you need. It, uh, just uh, I've just oh, tried to drop it in Percy's chat. Could... You yeah. can click the link and then... Copy yeah, if you it. want to drop it in Percy's chat, Monkey, if you want to do that, that's cool. Yeah, right. yeah. give me a chance. I'll, I'll get right to that. No problem. You see, st- Strong Soil <laughs> Organics, he likes it. <laughs> so what are, what are the common methods out there? Obviously, it's it's a lot more uh, the way kind of how it used to be here in the States. They're still uh, uh, with the... It's exactly the same, down. really. Yeah, it's it just, yeah, we keep it hidden, obviously, because mm. we have to, but we have hydroponics, we have organic growers, cocoa growers, soil growers. It, it just There's a, still a huge variety of uh, cannabis growers in the UK. We just have to keep it hidden, that's all. But th- there's a lot of good growers in the UK, even though it's illegal. Some of the best mm. growers have come from the UK, not Milo Young, uh, who's been on the show episode five, I think that was. Right, Monkey? Milo Young, the creator of yeah. the, the cheese oh, seed. The he's from the it's UK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he man, he's from, uh, from the Midlands, isn't he? He's from Birmingham. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, and, you know, it's just uh, because it's shit weather here, you have to really be decent at growing, especially if you're doing it outside. Mm. The, the, the environment doesn't make it easy on us. Yeah, I guess uh, you guys aren't really known for your outdoor. Uh, no, no. <laughs> well well, we can grow good in in our climate again like the ireland would have the very same as the uk type thing in climate wise and you can grow some really good weed you just have to be strain specific like ak-47 grows really well over on this side of the pond yeah yeah purple maric is a famous one which grows in the uh, uk yeah well you just have to be careful and then you, you find a lot of people would do gorilla growing. So mm-hmm. you'd find um like along motorways and things like that, you could come across like if you got out at like where there's a clump of trees type thing and you went for a walk into it, you, you could possibly come across maybe 10 or 20 plants because somebody is hiding them and growing them off off site. 
Yeah. Because the, the penalties are quite severe if you get caught growing in the likes of the UK and Ireland and, and in any country that's not legal. Or any state in the US. Or any state, legal. exactly. For the <laughs> same matter, yeah. You know, like especially for our American friends, like you can have oh, there's a chat literally yeah. across yeah. an imaginary line. One person is able to grow some awesome dank and be able to do it in public. And then the next person has to grow fucking the same, very same as us over in, in Europe. And we have to grow hidden in closets and hidden in, in rooms and secret rooms and hide the stuff, you know? It's like the good old days in America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still living the good old days, Jeeb. Well, you know? well, very true. Yeah, down in your neck, down in the south it is, isn't it, monkey? Oh, yeah. Down this far south, definitely is illegal down here, you know. The sheriff's a good old boy, and he will put you away for a long time. Uh, Guru Grows there. Uh, Guerrero Grows, I think that says. Have they had Skittles yet? Yeah, but we have to call it Zittles in the UK because of copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. Be very careful. It's not Skittles. Zittles. I just think it's funny that, like, the black market's even afraid of the corporate lawyers. Like they remember. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, we, it's like, GG4 like now, even not they're afraid really of the blue. lawyers, you know? It's yeah. Kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we've got a uh, hunters dropped in there. And I saw, saw Michael's in the chat as well. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us. There are our guys. We see them over on, on uh, our podcasts every Sunday. We go live on Sunday at 9 p.m. UK time. So we see these guys on our show every week. Good lads. We could be in 30 minutes from now. Mm-hmm. Christopher 54, there's moderator. He says, fire donuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Christoph's cool. He's in, uh, in France. Oh, nice. So, yeah, he's another one. I think he watches you guys regularly uh, uh, as well over there. Um, cool. What are some of the, what's kind of the current landscape as far as legalization goes there for REC? Do you, I, I've read a couple of different things about how Brexit might be kind of a blessing in that way because they're kind of looking for a new tax pool to pull from. Uh, kind wow. of way, like a lot of the stuff, like I'm in Oklahoma <laughs> right now. And if you had told me five years ago, I'd be in Oklahoma and that it would be the most liberal cannabis state in the country. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, you're mental. But when yeah, that's crazy, uh, isn't it? Yeah. But when the, um, uh, you know, the economy started to go down because they kind of made some poor decisions in, in other parts of the economy here on a state level, they, they went and went, well, we could get a lot of money if we just legalize weed. And uh, and it's now become uh, almost, at least for the time being, uh, uh, the most liberal state in the country in terms of cannabis. You can smoke weed anywhere. You can smoke tobacco legally with a license. So it's it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, well, man, that's, that's sweet. That's really a smart Oklahoma, though, because like you're you're an island sitting there in the middle of, of, of prohibition, <laughs> Oklahoma. So it was really that's a smart move. That's a lot like what, what um, Colorado did when they legalized. They were in the middle of nowhere. And everybody has to run to you for the legal market. And it's like, yeah, by the time my state gets involved in it, there'll be nothing left. You know, yeah. you'll be sca- you'll be you know, scraping, scraping stuff off the street, trying to make money with it. You know, no way. It's monkey. I, I feel very same here because like people look at the UK, like I look at the UK and say, well, you can get weed if you can pay for it, if you can afford to pay for it to get onto a clinic mm-hmm. and get yep. medicinal the in prescriptions and shit. Yeah. It, in Ireland, it's not even money doesn't help. You have to have a uh, permission from the minister of health. You know, there's like, there's less than 50 people in a, on an Island of a population of just under 5 million. 
who are able to legally access cannabis. There's only two people who are legally able to access cannabis flower Mm -hmm. in Ireland, you know, and everybody else is illegal. But yet we are the biggest um, smokers. We are the biggest consumers of cannabis in Europe when you go into population in, in head per capita. Yo, and it, call it the Emerald crazy. Isle, bro. Yeah, but you see, a lot of places seem to have kind of a medical access or have access in some way to it, and we're just so backwards, so behind the scenes over here. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, you've, both, got a, you've got a few activists America, that are moving you forward, though, don't you? We do. We have we have some brilliant activism over here, and um, we have Martin, who's a very good going. friend of our show. And a, a good friend of mine, uh, Martin Condon, he's he seems to be leading the charge completely when it comes to to legalization mm-hmm. or or even boldness. And um, he he plants plants in outside guards or police stations. He plants them outside politicians' offices and things. You know, he he's he's a good guy. Yeah, well, we can go in and just throw Martin a, a blind, cheap plug. You know, uh, 420 News, Martin Condon, man, check him out. He, this is this guy's got balls of brass, man. He's got the massive brass. balls, massive balls on him like Bengali tigers. So, but they yeah, like, all no. all good things working for the cause. So yeah, give, give him a, give him a check out, man. He's yeah, worth Ma- it. Martin's world on YouTube is what yeah. he's known as. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here in a second, get him on the screen. Yeah, man, he's a cool uh, guy. Actually, I think that's the gentleman that we're having on, if memory serves me, right? Maybe, mate. He's a good friend of the oh, show, okay. so if you know us, you yeah, probably yeah. know him too. Yeah, you, you know, probably we, yeah, hang yeah. around in the same yeah, circles. So that's a gentleman from... Uh, I, I thought it was really cool. He did a piece on Brownie Mary, actually. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 he did that. That was cool, man. Live, giving out brownies on, in, in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, that's, I knew that's him very really fast, and it was super cool to see him talk about her on the show, because a lot of people don't realize, like, how all this got started in terms of legalization and how it, it went back to the HIV epidemic in the eighties and, and mm-hmm. a lot of people being abused and, and, you know, uh, people like Brownie Mary and Dennis and Pebbles all kind of, you know, breaking the ground to, to get the laws changed. Um, I, I done pieces on each of them. Um, Pete back when we, when we first started for the first kind of 20 episodes, we had, um, it was People, uh, famous, famous people from weed history as such. It's famous stoners. Yeah, famous stoners. That's it. Um, um, Brown, <laughs> have you Brown been drinking? <laughs> I have been. Man, man, I told you, I've like drank so much wine and whiskey, and now I'm on my second spliff. So oh no! I'm coming back in. So yeah, it's going to get time. interesting from here now, <laughs> people. But um, yeah, no, I I done um, pieces on Brownie Mary. I don't, geez, I done them on all of the main players from back in the day of Dennis Perron and. To get uh, a, I'm good friends with Wayne Justman. I'll have to get him on your show. He's uh, he loves to talk to to people about that stuff. Oh, cool, Sweet, man! Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, he's it's medical. Some medical tasty shit here. Oh my gosh, this is fucking. <laughs> So what are, what are we all smoking here tonight, people? Let us know, even in chat, what are we smoking? Oh, they've been talking about it, man. If you didn't put your stuff down there, that's been going around. They've been talking about it all the whole time, man. Oh, you see, I, I kind of, you know me, 
I yeah. kind of swing in and out of chat and I'm kind of, as I said, I'm in a bit of I guess you could line them back up if y'all want to be really nice. You see, I used a y'all for a Southern thing down there. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. go ahead and th- throw it listed back up there so GB can drool a little bit. Guerrero Gross says, one of my favorite zombie movies is Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that's a funny movie. Yeah. It is a funny movie. <laughs> let's, go, let's go down to the Winchester. <laughs> What's Have going you on? Done? You've never jumped a fence before? <laughs> Have you guys ever gone down to Hyde Park on 420 or anything? Like that? That's one of the things that I, I guess we know hear about in the states on, on 420. No, it's, a, it's a little far away for me, really. It's a couple of hours okay. drive, and you know, it's but it happens all over the country. There's in each city, there's a big park, and on 420, something's usually going down there. So we've got it's a big community here in the UK. We just have to stay on the ground, and when it does finally get legalized, and it still might be a while yet then the underground community is going to come out and everybody will realize just how many stoners there are. I think it's like it's, one in three adults, man. It's, it's like ridiculously high. It's, it's already changing. Um, not as much over here, but you can see it in the UK. It's changing and getting more and more kind of like Americanized as in like, you know, the, the big conferences, like we, we have a one thing. Well, we, I won't say we, but over there you have planet expo. It is, it's a big, at the minute, it's just a CBD expo, mm-hmm. but like there's people walking around smoking weed, there's fucking, there's displays, there's CBD weed seeds. Yeah, but there's <laughs> seeds being sold, there's there's all bits of pieces, but there's bongs, there's pipes, there's, there's rigs, there's fucking rosin presses, there's kind of everything. Where before you didn't really have that, but every year it seems to be getting more and more progressive so that... I could see maybe next year or maybe the year after you might have dudes with the big leaf blowers that have the big fucking like liter or gallon worth of weed, say in a fucking day, and they're just heating it with a, a pot, a flame torch. And but you know, the big problem we have in the UK is GW pharmaceuticals who are involved with the government, pretty much pay yeah. the government a bribe and own a big section of the cannabis market here in the UK, and they don't want to give any of that pie up. They want to keep it all for themselves. So I thought, uh, you know, just a couple of months ago, I was thinking, we're we're only a couple of years away from legislation now, surely, even at the slow pace that the UK government runs. But then over Christmas time, they've come out and started saying that they want people to grass on their family members if they're smoking cannabis, and it, it seems as if the rules are changing and we're going backwards. So it could be anything up to 10 years. But then this week we had new new news from the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, said that he's going to stop prosecuting people under the age of 25 for possession of cannabis. So that essentially decriminalizes it for people under the age of 25 in our capital city. And you know, but it's like cool. backwards and forwards so much. Sorry, Jim. It is, but like at, saying that, like for 20, for people at 24, what about? The rest of us that are older, if we want to fucking smoke, you it's know, all well it's and good saving the younger generation from having to go through the penal system and having this axe hanging over their head because they may have had a bit of trouble with cannabis in the past. But what about the rest of everybody who is out there? It, it can't be just one thing mm-hmm. for one and one for the other. I think it's just trying to, it, it's an easy way to make it look like youth crime in london has dropped because that's what a lot of them were getting arrested for and it'll be like oh look over this last year youth youth violence has dropped by this much and it's just a bullshit statistic because it's it's not exactly what they're saying it is 
No, it's it's has violent crime dropped in London? Probably not. It might do if cannabis is decriminalized, but until it's fully regulated, then I think there's some kind of legacy market is still going to exist and there'll be criminals running it, which creates violence. Yeah. Well, you see, it's very confusing that comes out of the UK because they had the oh, conference yeah. there just before Christmas um, where they and were it's talking legal about for medical. The, Oh, yeah, it's legal for medical, but they were talking about the reclassification of drugs and things. And they were talking, mm-hmm. there was an awful lot of talk of like um, cocaine and heroin and things. But nearly everything that was spoke about, there was, <laughs> I, I think over a couple of hours, there was only one or two people that kind of got up and spoke ill of cannabis and spoke of just mm-hmm. basically all the, the prohibition talk of what we have been yeah, because that's because the uh, the misuse of drugs act had become fifty that's, years yeah. old, and they're discussing changing it and talking about going back to what it was before the seventies, and which is like essentially decriminalisation. But we need more than that here in the UK. But we need a proper regulated market. Yeah. But this is what I was saying. They were talking about how and the, the benefits and how there shouldn't be criminalisation. But then, within weeks, then they have ministers and things that are coming out and saying oh well if you're smoking ca- if, if you smell cannabis at a di- at a dinner christmas party while you're out well you should ring the police and you should inform the police that there was somebody at your party smoking cannabis it's very confusing man you know and then they're talking about that these people shouldn't be they, they should have their their passports taken off them yeah, you know, they yeah. should have their driver's license removed and they shouldn't be allowed so basically it's it's imposing house arrest but country arrests as such you can do what you want within your country but god knows you're not allowed to leave it you know for smoking cannabis mm-hmm. yeah but uh, i mean i think in the globe and the global market's opening up so much now i mean shit i just i've worked on personally on four separate continents now on different projects so you know it's it's cha- i mean who would have thought southern africa would have legalized right like yeah. that's kind of a big stretch too because they've been pretty traditionally not mm-hmm, not the biggest mm-hmm. fans of that either so you know the world's changing quicker than than you realize i certainly didn't think we'd be where we are in the states certainly not in the southern states um uh the way that we are so you never know man sometimes especially with i think there's a lot of turmoil and political change in the world right now i mean the united states is certainly this next election is going to be one hell oh, of a man. circus Oh um, gosh, I don't. I don't even want to think about it right now. <laughs> oh man, it's good. It's good TV watching from over this side of the pond. <laughs> You'd be surprised. How, yeah, in Europe, it seems to be American politics is a spectator sport. Oh, it is. Oh for yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, people, people contract, are more involved in your uh, politics than they are in our own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched Trump get elected from Jamaica, and it was just like, what the hell are you guys doing up there? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> shit man it's, it's, it's crazy politics is always a good discussion though do we enjoy that one do you think Trump's going to run again 2024 I don't know yeah. I think he might daughter, daughter, I, think, his daughter. I think they're going to get behind if I had to guess I think they're going to get behind the governor of Florida um, right really? yeah I think oh that as well gosh. yeah yeah because he seems to be high up in the news right now it's either him or Ted Cruz yeah and, the Republican and DeSantis side. has done a lot of scummy stuff but he doesn't have like Oh, Ted Cruz you know, runs away to Mexico. When... A lot of the other guys have. He's certainly no saint by any cards, but, you know, compared to some of the other people they could pick from, uh, 
I certainly ain't going to pick Matthew Gates now. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, they caught Ted Cruz running away from the freeze, heading to Mexico and leaving his Texans sitting there with no electricity and things like that. So he's two years away, though. It's two years away, man. That's like that's like 10 social media cycles. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. If so it didn't happen be last week, everybody forgot. Yeah. yeah, exactly, man. It'd be gone. Yeah. Nobody cares. So what are some of the different uh, cool things along the way that you guys have learned on your show? Actually, you know what? Before I ask you that one. Uh, there was another question I, I wanted to ask you earlier, and, I, and we just got off topic a little bit. Um, can you do you guys know the history of like smoking cannabis in Britain? I know in the United States, the, the concept of smoking cannabis really wasn't in the States until about 1876, when the Sultan of Turkey uh, gave a whole bunch of it to the president and kind of and, and also at this big fair that was going on in, in Philadelphia for the the 100th anniversary of the Constitution. Um, that was when that, you know, culture kind of hit the ground here. Um, is there, uh, do you guys, is there any kind of documented history of that kind of in Britain? Obviously, it's- Well, there, there's lots of documented we... history of like hemp use, the use of hemp to build up, build up the uh, the British Navy, pretty much, which helped them take over the world and build oh, yeah. the British Empire. So it's pretty much built on the backs of hemp because a lot of the sales were made out of hemp back then. But, you yeah, know, we... it's not allowed now. I think a lot of people underestimate that, especially when they talk about land races and stuff. A lot of those land races were brought by the Dutch traders and the British traders mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on those trade ships and warships because you always brought barrels of hemp seed you know, uh, in order to make mass or uh, sails and rope. And then you'd always bring pine trees uh, so that you always could make new masts. That's why you mm -hmm. see like weird pine trees and, and uh, all over the place as well that are kind of out of place. Mm -hmm. But if okay. you look at like Jamaica, Southern Africa, um, you know, the Hindu Kush mountain range, all of those mm -hmm. areas were heavily, heavily um, uh, utilized for trade, right? That's where there's a lot of trade going through or, or coming off and on boats. Uh, and, you know, that's where all of, a lot of the best cannabis that we kind of try to hunt down comes from originally. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot of sense when you think of it in that context, you know? Yeah, man. I see. And uh, the, the other from though of like medical use I know of, but I'm sure it goes way back sooner is the, Queen Victoria used to use cannabis to soothe menstrual cramps, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's been used that. as medicine for a while, you know. Yeah, the Queen taking weed, and then you had you had uh, the crazy Germans taking their meth. So you got like the mm -hmm. chill people and the crazy people over there. I think that's how the <laughs> work <got> started. <laughs> Interesting theory, right? <laughs> Not enough weed in Germany. Distinct lack of vitamin M. <laughs> true. true i think it's a big problem in society all over the world now is that the lack of uh, the lack of people taking drugs really because that's yeah. what you know expanding their consciousness people taking psilocybin more and, and you know smoking more cannabis it would be good for a lot of people's mental health sneak in and dose the ccp with some acid see if they come out <laughs> a, a little different Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be entertaining. I'd, I'd want to see that live stream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, what about uh, groups? Is there If someone is in the UK and wants to kind of get involved in the legalization movement, is there any particular groups that you guys can turn people onto that they can, you know, put some energy towards? In what, the UK? Yeah, in the UK. I mean, there's, uh, there's not really any anybody working hard to do anything uh, regarding cannabis right now in the uk it's like um, i mean there's we've got carly barton but see that future yeah but it's like everything stopped because of the covid thing mm. i mean we had a 
we, we the undersigned, which was something Phil Monk got together. And he had a lot of people undersign a statement about cannabis becoming legalized. It's very complex, all legalese, which I don't follow too well. But that recently stopped because he just hasn't got the resources to keep it up and running anymore. I mean, the, I think the people doing the most right now are the ladies like um, Joanne Griffiths and Hannah Deacon, the ladies who are trying to get cannabis for medicine from the their uh, for for their children. Yeah. They're doing a lot of work. They, they're uh, they're changing the government's mind, and they're one of the big reasons why it was changed in 2018 to make cannabis legal for medicine as well. Yeah, I know in the U.S. we have Normal and a couple of other groups that kind of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. aggregate some of those efforts. So I wasn't sure if they had something quite as organized uh, over there. We do have Normal, but I don't think the Normal is a, a big section, big sector yeah. or anything. No, Normal, Normal in the U.K. will be a lot better than Normal in Ireland. Normal in Ireland mm -hmm. is is a joke. They don't do absolutely anything. In Ireland, it would be. Martin, who you're going to speak to, um, it would be him and the IRPA. They they will be the main groups, and then there's a there's a there'd be a lot more activism in Ireland at the minute, mm. I would say, than there is in the UK. There will be a, a, quite a few groups, and we have protests and we have marches, nearly uh, I would say one a month in one part of the country or another, um, and they're growing. Mm -hmm. You know they're they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger with everyone, and we had nearly fifteen hundred people torn up to the last march that was in the summer. So compared to the one the year before that, I think was oh, I think it was barely barely either over or under five hundred people. So it's grown. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be moving much in the UK right now. No, it, it's stagnant. Mm, yeah. It takes a while for people to feel comfortable coming out of the shadows. I know when I was, it took me about two years to fully, you know, actually want to show my face on a camera, even working in the legal market, uh, coming from the, the free people's market uh, on the East Coast and then moving out West where we could kind of do it, you know, work for a legal company and do it. Um, yeah. Even that took, took a while. I used to start off writing under a pseudonym and then switched over to, to using my real name later on. But that, that, you know, it definitely, when you're, People don't understand. This is why I like to have these people as like the um, the managers or the the compliance officers, especially in bigger facilities. There's a different way that you think about a facility when it's black market. Like you think about everything coming in and out of there, what might be in the trash can, like all these different aspects that, and you think about the insects differently because you can't afford to lose them or anything else. So like you, you, they're more precious to you in a, in a whole bunch of different ways. And you have to really cover your ass on every aspect. You can't really train someone that way if they're coming, like just learning in the white market. They don't have that level of like behavioral paranoia uh, that is like printed mm -hmm. into your brain mm -hmm. that you yeah. get with that type of method. That's why like when you hear that chopper go over, <laughs> oh, really. you're fucking ass be twitching. <laughs> you know, every because time a like, vehicle pulls up in your driveway, what, what does this person want? Mm -hmm. hey, yeah. door, the door knocks and you're not expecting somebody. It's like, what the fuck is that? Who is that going to be? Shit, shit. <laughs> you know, like Pete, as as Mackie referenced to the helicopters, you know, when you hear a helicopter, especially in this neck of the woods, when you hear because like especially in Ireland, the guards only have two helicopters. 
You know, the police only have two <laughs> helicopters for the whole country. So when you hear a helicopter go over, you'd be twitching. And when you realize that there is a helicopter fucking pad or fucking whatever you call it, a heliport, that's like fucking 20 kilometers away from you. And there's fucking helicopters all the time flying back and forward. You can say you can see how fucking touchy that can be trying to get your other half <laughs> to agree right, to you growing, you yeah. know, because it, every fucking sound you think is the popo going to come and fucking kick your door in. It's just yeah. crazy. And it? the, the PTSD, yeah. which we suffer, we don't even know, you know, even asking for papers in the shop, you know, can I have a packet of king size silver wristlet, please? You know, you got what are they for? You know, look over your back and make sure there's no officers behind you. You know, and they're yeah. unlikely to say anything, but still, it's this this shit that we have to suffer. These new guys who have been, who haven't really experienced prohibition in that way, they're they're very lucky. They they won't have to suffer the same PTSD we've had to suffer. You know, <laughs> you see, some of us we have to we have to hide like this, and we have to keep our <laughs> our heads and go incognito mode. You know, and it's just. It's not great. <laughs> we had, it gets get very uh, hard for breathing. <laughs> right. We had um, uh, heavy days on the other day from Australia, and he kind of has the same issue, except they've gone super draconian down there where they can hijack oh, all yeah. your stuff without a warrant and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scary, man. Yep. Especially when they're part of Five Eyes, and it means like how long before they try to push that shit here, you know? Yeah, oh, man. It wouldn't happen over in America. You got, You guys got freedom. You, you got the power no, to fight for just, that shit as well. You know, it's like, nah, government, you know, having it. That's ex- exactly, mate. Yeah. Yeah. There's just certain things that they can't do because everyone has a gun, right? So they yeah. can get yeah. away with a lot except for a few things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's it, man. They can't fuck around. We're, us over here, we're pretty fucked, man. We can't, we can't do anything. You just have to do um, as we're told. Are- you guys have swords and fucking and knives. No, we're yeah. not even allowed swords. <laughs> if, we, if we have swords, they have to be a specific type. So it, you can't actually stab anything with it. If you try to or break in half, it's weak metal. It's not real shit. You can't right. have a proper weapon here in the UK. It's crazy, man. You, know, you can have shotguns, but you have to get like extensive licenses for them. It's not easy to get. You know, special safes in the house. You're making sure that it's really secure. But handguns are one thing that you're not allowed in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, your 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 weapon has to be over a certain length before before it's legal in the UK, mm-hmm. and yet you have to have a good reason for it as well. You know, like the farmers can get one because they're trying to kill rabbits and and pests on their land and things like that. But normal people, you can't just get one. And, uh, so the farmers Washington can have all State, the fun. Mm-hmm. Washington, mm-hmm. Washington State and Pennsylvania in the United States, uh, it's illegal to carry a concealed weapon on uh, longer than six feet. Well, that's a good rule. That's that's a real right. good rule. Yeah, it's six foot weapon. You'd have to be at least six foot one to conceal that. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sure, man. It takes some magic skills, on it? It's all about perspective. So, what are uh, what are some of the different pest challenges you guys deal with? There, uh, anything particularly different than I guess what we're dealing with in, in the states, or is it pretty no. much the same? Not really. Thrips is the biggest issue I think we suffer in the UK. We don't see spider mites so much, but it, it is a problem sometimes. I think the biggest pest we see is thrips. Mm. They're a little fucker. But it's not really d- difficult to get rid of anything. Some things are legal in the States that are not uh, legal in the UK to use as pesticides. We know that. Yeah, That's, uh, yeah that decoy thing. Very hard thing, to yeah. get those little um, 
ZN Zombie Nation, another uh, another panel member, he uses what are they? He calls the hot, hot shot, no shot, no piss strips. Yeah. But hey, wait a minute. First over. of all, let's do a disclaimer. We know nothing about these things. We just know yeah, a grow who says they work. So if, yeah, you, yeah. if you're going to use them, you do it at your own risk. But it's the uh, those no piss strips. You uh, you can buy them at most big box stores in the U.S. And they well, basically kill everything here. in your tent. Yeah, you just hang it up and the gas kills them or something. So the gas yeah. not allowed in the UK. You can't buy them in the UK. You have to have them yeah. shipped in. So we yeah. can buy them like a two pack over here for like four or five dollars US. And, and, you know, they have to get them shipped in at, at probably five to ten times that cost. I have to say, touch wood, I in in two years, in the last two years of grown, I haven't had a single, not a single pest issue. Mm hmm. I'm not going to say anything. Old. So yeah, you know what I mean. But I've had yeah, it happened. Yeah, it happens. Uh, uh, sorry, it happens all us all. Yeah. Sooner yeah. or later, yeah. It always comes. When I moved to soil, I suffered pests more. Didn't suffer pests in cocoa at all. You know, hydroponics seems to keep them away. As long as you just keep things clean and you know the environment right. A good fan is always something that works well, just to make sure that the the top of the medium dries quicker. And it's just less comfortable for the bugs sitting on the plant as well because they get blown away and shit. It's not always still, so they can't lay things. I think a good fan makes a good difference. Yeah. But it's, you know, we all suffer the same problems, you know, just different pests. At least we don't get like crazy animals trying to eat that shit, you know, <laughs> if yeah, it's grown yeah. outdoors, you know. Yeah, because you kill most kudu, of your animals. We'd kudu and impala that would jump the fence and come in and. You know what I'm saying? Fighting off mountain lions to get to your gorilla growing shit, like nah. But then nah. again, <laughs> you have to look at it as well when when you live on a small island, you know, the, whatever the wildlife that's there, it's not going to last for long, especially dangerous ones. Mm. No, it's not like in America <laughs> that it's so fucking big. Like you look at it, Ireland would fit into what Texas, Texas, like yeah, no, no shoot, you could put two or three Irelands in Texas, GB. I was you can fit oh, Ireland I know in Saskatoon, you can yeah. fit us like six times into where TG Temple Grower is from. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think uh, Ireland's probably something about the size of maybe Arkansas. I thought it was smaller than that again. <laughs> Texas <laughs> is huge. Texas is huge. I mean, you just have to look at yeah, the way it's laid out and land this. It's a long day's drive across uh, the long side of Texas, you know. But you got good roads, like just Eight one times. road goes over there. What are you talking about? Eight Do times bigger than Ireland. They all, I knew it was at least three times. Like I said, I was right. <laughs> at least three times. Texas this is big. over. It's said to be over eight times, man. Yeah. Fuck. I didn't think it was that big. Yeah, man. We're very small. Oh. You wow. drive across us in an hour and a half, in fairness. <laughs> what um what are some of the interesting things that you guys have learned along the way uh, hosting your podcast? And uh, welcome, Fumi. Uh right. cheers, guys. Uh, I'm just still oh, saying what's, stuff up, what's going on. Uh, welcome what's up, Fumi Do, you good? How you doing? Cheers, Mackie. What's going on, man? Yeah, so I'm just getting right, high man. on my mighty right here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right on, man. Cheers. Nice, nice. Take me a second to get this uh, uh, working. I don't know why. What's going on, Monkey Do and uh, Greenbridge? Uh, Greenbeard, cheers, guys. It's all good, man. Yeah, how how's you been? it going, my man? Doing all right, man. 
As soon as ah, oh, there we go. Finally, going, uh, what's going on? Welcome. Sweet. Yeah, man. Cheers. It's all good. So how are, how are you guys doing? You good? Are you smoking there, Fumador? Have you got something? Uh, about to. In fact, I'm Sweet. about to smoke. What are you smoking Sweet. on? I don't know, man. I'll, I'll keep like forgetting to label my pots properly. So I just end up with strains now. It's just oh, weed. weed and it tastes like this. So I really don't know what it is, but it's nice. It's tasty. It is what it is, man. At least it's weed. Indeed. Right. I'm I'm smoking on some OG Kush that I had to buy from the illicit market. And because I had a, I had a security issue and I had to pull the last crop out. So I, I'm between a crop and I'm smoking the last of um so a cross that was from one of our members in Percy's grow room. He bred or he had an, an accident. I think he didn't see a male in the back, but it's a black hole and girl scout cookie cross. It's quite nice. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I'm just on the cu- plain old violet cush today, you know, switched over to something a little bit lighter. Actually, let's, let's ask you guys maybe one at a time. What's your um, kind of favorite uh, a flavor profile or terpene profile uh, that you guys mm. like. Uh, well, maybe we'll start off with Greenbeard. Um, uh, what do you like as far as like? I'm a huge fan of banana terps uh, and uh, humulene, the earthier stuff. Um, uh, you know, I I'd also well, on one end, I also really like the really racy sativas, uh, depending on the mood. Um, <laughs> what what kind of stuff are you in, into as far as the different uh, um, types of cannabis? I I love vanilla kind of strains um i love kind of a sweet sweet type i love um wedding cake is is probably one of my favorites strains um yeah i'd say wedding cake will be my favorite favorite strain out of out of all of them and then i kind of like the the old school but i don't i don't really look at it as in profiles i look at what i know and what i like no, I'm not a I'm not a, a very adventurous person. No, I like the old school strain, so I kind of stick with with old school kind of stuff. I got you, man. I have to agree with the old school vibe there. I mean, for me, I don't know. I especially do like a nice orange terp coming out of kind of weed, but then again, I'm I'm not too keen on the lemon side of the terp, so I'm kind of picky on my citrus terps. But I like a good kind of a soapy, cushy kind of a, a, a vibe in the weed a lot. And then um, maybe sometimes the fruit berry, berry strains when they come up a little bit like that. But, you know, and you'll ask me this again in, in six months and I'll give you a different profile. Kind of like, you know, hey, what's in the tent? What's growing? What do I like? Well, I just like fruity, sweet weed, man. It's like, that's my shit. You know, that's my shit. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> like blueberry, you know, the blue cheese. Love the blue cheese, man. It's one of my favorites. But if it's if it's sweet, I'll fucking love it. I like my cannabis like a drink, if you know what I mean. It's like something after dinner, something sweet, like a dessert. That you know, just something, something nice, man. That's what does it for me. That fucking that tasty, sweet, fruity goodness. Yeah, I'm happy if I've got at least five strains in the jars. I'm happy because now I can bounce around and find what I'm looking for today. You see, and that's that's the thing now. Like, I'm only back on the two and a half to three years 
now, um, Pete, I, I grew a long, long time ago when I was only a, a young lad, but it was really, really basic wrong because, again, I was a young lad and we had no, there was very little knowledge. The internet wasn't as good as it is now and stuff. But before, up to kind of three years ago, when you bought weed or some dude down a back alley or in a car park, it was just weed. You weren't told what it was. You weren't told if it was what ratios or what strain. Even if you ask somebody, what is it? You, you're just told it was weed. So it was very, very difficult to try and determine what what weeds were. You have to really grow grow it yourself in order to know what it is and you feel ignorant as such when you're speaking to people that's that's abroad and stuff that have been in in areas that have have more knowledge as such because you can walk into a dispensary and there could be 50 or 60 different weeds on the count on the wall you could you can try different weeds you can distinguish what you like more than what you don't do you know what i mean Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, are purple cultivars uh, kind of popular there? I know at least in uh, Oklahoma, if you want to move your stuff, even if it's not the best COA, it'll move if it's purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one of them things. People like the, the colorful buds, and it's something different, just yeah. for bag appeal. Absolutely. Whether it's stronger or tastier or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, that it, it depends on the person. Everybody's a little different with what they like, but definitely helps to have bag appeal with a little bit of color. A lot in, in Ireland, I will tell you, it, it doesn't matter what color it is. and um, They will charge you twice as much for it if it is Cali weed. And I will put inverted <laughs> comments Cali weed and they will charge you 100 euro for 3.5 grams of Cali weed. That, that so, heaven knows where it came, came from. Yeah, it could be anything once it, if it was grown in Cali, and it doesn't even have to be grown if it's just good weed, if it's strong weed, all automatically it's it's Cali weed, you know. So there, yeah. I was in Zimbabwe in Harare, and I, I obviously know quite a few people there in the weed scene. One of the guys was like, "Yo, this is a, a group that works out out here that has an Instagram, and you can straight up buy like." Neat, regular branded stuff from California. It's 400 bucks an ounce in, uh, in US and Zimbabwe. But even in Zimbabwe, you can get like, you know, basically Cali stuff and the original stuff that's being imported somehow, uh, which mm. is completely insane, which is, you know, I don't know what the equivalent to it is. It really, there. it's just probably some nice weed somebody's grown and then stuck it in the right kind of container and said, Look, this is Cali weed. That seems to be what happens in the UK. It's like, it's what happens it's, here too. I'll say the packaging it looked right. How about that? And it smelled and smoked well. Yeah, it, that's it. It. <laughs> it, can still, it can still look as the packaging because you can buy the packaging on fucking Wish and yeah, on you can. fucking mm-hmm. thing, you know? And that's what these, I know people. This is the thing, Pete. I know people that would buy a big bag of weed and then breaks it down into these small things and they will sell it as as GSE, as Girl Scout Cookie. Stardog. Yep. 
but it's not. (laughs) I know it's not. He knows it's not, but he's selling it. And the people that's buying it are going, oh, yeah, man, that's fucking savage. That's deadly. You know, and you're going, you fools. You got to sell your product, man. You know, you you shouldn't be buying it anyway. You should be growing it. That's the best. You'll be growing it. You know, mm-hmm. you grow for for my my last my last grow. I was able to produce weed at as low as twenty seven cent a gram. You know, you never ever buy it for as low as that, and that's premium weed. You know, awesome. The. Uh... Uh, what about concentrates? What's the concentrate seem like? They're obviously uh, a little more complicated to get it, but you guys mm-hmm. also are a little bit more closer to Morocco. so um. It's very difficult to get any decent concentrates here in the UK. And if you do but buy hash. it, you'd be paying a load of money for it. Even hash, even hash is difficult to get in the UK. Well, I mean, I, I didn't even know what soap bar was before I joined the UK forum before, but that's what y'all used to call hash that, back yeah. in the day. Well, no, that wasn't yeah. even hash, really. Soap bar was um, something completely different. It was, I mean, it had hash in it. Plastic and everything in it. Yeah, I don't think you can taint hash by saying it's soap bar, because soap bar was <laughs> so bad. It was so bad, man. Yeah, that's when we were smoking Mexican. They were smoking soap bar. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. Don't forget to hit the like button on this video, everybody. Don't forget. The hash, hash, hash is is easy enough to get. It's when you go into the concentrates like rosin. If you go in, if you try to go into a rosin or if you go into shatter or into things like that, you kind of pay astronomical money. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, for a small little cart, a one gram cart of like a THC oil type thing that you screw onto a battery, you're going to pay over a hundred euro. You know, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's nearly $80 or more for one of these little carts for, you'll pay more for, for a half a gram of, of rosin. You'll pay more. You'll pay the guts of a hundred euro as well. I could be wrong because I haven't bought it for a long time. Well, there's a uh, this guy over at our forum, Chilbert, who he grows all his own cannabis. He makes his own hash. He's even got a rosin press and makes his own rosin. And he's in the UK, you know, in the same position as as I am and many of our members mm-hmm. are. But he's just happy to go to that next level and and do these crazy things, man. And that's fun. I'd love to be all able to grow to that it. much. All you need to do, if you're so, say you guys, just uh, anybody. Um, has um, you know grows and you have lots of stuff laying around that's maybe not quite as good as the stuff you want to just keep for smoking uh, you can just bubble wash that and then mm-hmm. do the, the frenchy cannoli temple hash method as long as you do a good job of washing it um, and uh, his whole class is up online now on his uh, youtube and on facebook as well um, if you want to watch his whole thing uh, i think his wife posted it after he passed or no it was the 420 before he passed that he posted that um, yeah but, uh, yeah yeah, man, legend. Can you, legend. Can you do that with, with live rosin, or does it have to be? So you can. So that's something else too. So you can do like live bubble rosin. Uh, if you just take the plants and chop them down immediately, wash them, just right then and there. Like, don't even dry them. Just wash them right away. As soon as like uh, chop it, wash it, mm-hmm. uh, and then and Sweet. then sieve it. Uh, you just have to rinse it a little bit better so you don't you don't get any of the sap in it. Um, but are you, um, and then, or you can even chop it, freeze it and then wash it. It doesn't matter. But a lot of times we would just chop it and throw it right in the bubble washer right away and, and just wash it right then and there, and then knock those all off, separate them, rinse them real well. 
uh, and then just dry them out and then, you know, press them. Nice. As you see, that's that's the interesting thing about uh, over here in the south of, of Ireland. If you have a plant grown, the the police will class that as a hundred as eight hundred euro. Doesn't matter if it's a seedling or if it's a plant that has like ten ounces or twenty ounces on it. You know, it makes no difference. It's eight hundred euro. And as soon as you chop, they will count it. If they came in, so say say if I have four plants and I'm chopping four plants down, I might only get like if they're small little plants blah blah whatever whatever amount of weed but they would take all of the waste so they would class all of the stalks all of it. they would even go go as far as they would weigh the pot nearly you know and all of that is smokable weed so as soon as you har- I know me personally as soon as I harvest I have to I get rid of that stuff within 24 hours so I only ever have the flowers so off the Johnny Lawman ever does kick in the door. The only thing I will ever get done for is the flower that I have there. I won't get done for any waste or things. So this this talk, I, I didn't realize that you could wash it straight live. Hey, you're muted there, Pete. <laughs> Sorry about that. If you if you chop it, throw it in the freezer, and then do it, they'll fall off better. But um, mm. it, you can absolutely just take it, drop it, and wash it right away. There's you don't have to wait. Well, I must look into that then. Yeah, and you can age the heads separately. You know, once the heads come off, you can always age those. Um, the, the important part is to make sure that water is super cold when you're washing it. You know, that's why it's not as important to freeze it ahead of time because it's going to go into thirty. You know, thir- oh, I guess in your case, two degrees, one or two degrees Celsius water. You know, right above freezing. Uh, anyway, so it's it's not really a big deal to to do it. And Fumi, you do a little bit of, of hash making. I used to wash more hash. I actually haven't washed any hash through the whole freaking pandemic. So like uh, my 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 tech, as they say these days, is uh, uh, obsolete. But I was just going to say how uh, French used to say it's agitation. It's not the the it's not the freaking yeah, ice right. cubes that's or whatever. Right. It's the agitation. Yeah, I'm um, all about agitating it properly. That's it. That's right. Agitate things. You got to be agitated or some shit. Uh, I was going to say uh, before that too. Uh, uh, do you guys see yourselves as? Uh, I don't know. I, I hope this is uh, you know as a question meant you know friendly in a friendly way. But I wonder when when we uh, talk to people around the world, you know, people who look at the so called you know Cali scene and they, they talk about the Cali packs and whatever. Uh, we you know let's say uh, people who are not from Oregon can sometimes feel a little bit like we're outside the scene too because a lot of the media comes from Humboldt. A lot of the a lot of it comes from the the show from California and so on, big places. So uh, people from Portland or Washington, whatever, sometimes feel a little bit like, oh man, are we even part of this thing? I'm wondering, do you guys see yourselves as part of the, let's call it cannabis space or cannabis scene, or do you see yourselves as outsiders looking in? How do you uh, uh, feel yourselves? You mean as the UK? Yeah, UK, UK growers, you individually, you know, like when you guys think of yourselves, do you feel like you're part of it? Do you feel like you're part of the, the freaking worldwide cannabis thing? Or do you feel like you're uh, looking in um, from the outside? No, I feel like now because we have Percy's and High on Homegrown, we're, we're part of the community. We're not a huge part, but we have our own little section of it, you know. But uh, I mean, as the UK as a whole, I don't think they've got any idea what the cannabis community is. And they just try and ignore us because they want to keep GW Pharmaceutical bringing in loads of money from their uh, their Sativex and, and shit like that that they make. 
But uh, we, we seem separate from the rest of the world, really, when it comes to cannabis. Thankfully, the Epidolex patent got denied by the uh, FDA. They shot really? that down. Yeah, there was right. four parts to it over, and they shot it all down. I think they're still trying to reapply for a utility patent, but mm-hmm. right now, they, they I, would, I, wouldn't they? You know. But yeah, so GW Pharma is trying to patent everything under the sun relating to cannabis, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But um, I've actually had a chance to talk to Ethan Russo um, uh, out at the the Hive co- uh, Collective. And he was saying, man, they have stuff that does, you know, 30 plus percent of all these individual cannabinoids sitting, you know, on ice and all this other, you know, crazy shit that, mm-hmm. you know, they can roll out and roll at any time. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, hopefully that we can, you know, kind of prevent that. But for a long time, GW Pharma was the only legal company that was allowed to transport cannabis in and out of the United States. Wow. Um, they were the first see, and only one it, by the DEA that was granted a license to do that for at least five or six years until it was the last two, I think the last year or two is when they opened it up to a couple other companies. But yeah, there are not there was many the right largest exporter of medical cannabis in the world for a long time, GW Pharmaceuticals were, and they grow all their cannabis in the UK. And uh, there's members of the, the UK government for a while, Theresa May, when she was. Um, Husband. When she was uh, prime minister, her husband owns the sugar part of it, and but it's also affiliated with the GW Pharmaceuticals. So they're all tied up in their in their little uh, their crony capitalism groups there. And it's simply the government doesn't want to legalize cannabis because that would take a big chunk out of one of their major donators' pockets, you know. And that's what they don't want. It's like being sponsored; they don't want to piss off their sponsors. You know? <laughs> no, I was going to ask you that too. Uh, uh, when you guys, uh, uh, or as you guys are looking at the whole cannabis scene opening up, are you worried that, you know, uh, the UK is famously very classist, right? You still have royals and freaking nobles and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, big business interests, right? And so we see a lot of these big companies coming and swinging, you know, their big bowling balls around the world, uh, around the, the, the scene. Uh, are you guys worried that, let's say, for example, that classicism will uh, uh, basically push itself into the cannabis space? So, for example, you'll have non-smoking presumably lords and ladies basically running big cannabis grows instead of let's yeah. say you know stoners i don't know not in the uk i think I, uh, I, I think it'll be all right in the uk though maybe in ireland it'll be different i think no, no. it's more of a community thing here in the uk where the 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 uh the users would rather buy from a local source that's what we've been doing for a long time and we're pretty aware of these rich ass crooked ass motherfuckers running this country and that it's a completely different society, different rules for some people at the top. And the people down here, the proles, us guys down here, then we know what they're doing and we don't play by their games so much. I think we'll, we wouldn't be controlled by big corporations on the lower levels. But, I, um, Jimmy. I, I, I agree and kind of disagree with Mackie. I know what Fumi is saying. He's asking more about um, that. I think, don't get me wrong, I could be wrong if he was saying it'd be like Dutchy weed. So it'd be the weed from the the Duke of Lancaster weed because they are the land, the, the largest landowning people is. To that like could be part of it. I hadn't even thought of that about how like the UK, the, the, the Royals like literally own all the freaking land. I didn't, thought, yeah, didn't even think about like that's, that. That's what I'd be looking at. Yeah. Saying like Dutchy weed or you could have <clears throat> weed that's grown on big great estates and that because they great estates are the vast estates over there. We don't have that over here. We just have big landowners, you know, which are just mm-hmm. normal farmers and people. Um, I don't know. I think the, yeah. the, the, 
the people the buyers of anything really buy what's good and you know what's uh what has a good price for what it is and we've seen from what's been happening in the states and canada that the good weed comes from the craft grower you know the small time grower not these massive companies like coca-cola and budweiser i think if they made a move for it they wouldn't be able to do produce a cannabis that's quality enough to please the consumer the same you know i mean maybe the really weekend interesting consumers. you say that mackie like uh, i hear a lot of folks basically say that the consumer is a little bit uh, you hear this from producers and farmers and stuff all the time they complain kind of because they think the consumer is they don't want to say this out loud but they basically think this consumer is kind of a putz because the consumer will come in and say basically hey give me your highest thc they don't care about <laughs> terpenes they don't care about anything else and the consumer yeah, yeah, at yeah. the moment anyway is uh Let's call it, I don't know, people culturally assume the consumer is kind of dumb, basically. And you hear it just over and over and over again. They're misinformed. Whereas you're Mm -hmm. saying very much the opposite, that you guys actually from the beginning now care where it comes from, that it's a Mm -hmm. good quality on and on. Is that, it's a weird, it's a weird difference, right? But there's there's two different types of, well, there's three different types of consumer because you've got the medical guys. But then you've also got the, you know, the everyday smokers who just smoke every day recreationally because they enjoy it. But, you know, the the fact that recreational users, that's, debatable in the first place everybody's using cannabis for medicine some people think but then you also have them weekend smokers who's just going to go out once a month and hit the coffee shop to have a a few joints with their friends and then not touch weed again for the next few weeks and maybe only on special occasions through holidays and festivals and things like that you know the connoisseur side them them people who use it's like the people who use the most cannabis are the guys who are going to look for the good shit that's a uh, craft grown, you know, and properly looked after. You can see it's a good weed. It tastes good. It's, it's good cannabis. But I think the people who just use it on the weekend don't really care so much about that. They just, you know, enjoy the high. Some, uh, that's what and I think. And the vast majority of people would be like what's in the American um, consumer side. That when you, when you go to Amsterdam, say, in Amsterdam, if you speak to any of the people that's in the cafes there and you say, like, what's what's the most common strain? And they say, oh, this one. And and if you'd ask them, well, why is that the most? Oh, because it's the highest THC. Mm-hmm. Now, it wouldn't be for any of the things. But like what Mackie is saying, if you are into, into your weed and really into your weed, like if you grow your weed, like our community over in Percy's Grow Room, we are all into our weed. You know, so where it comes from and how it's grown that's important to us but to the normal everyday smoker it's not that important you know they just want like you said what's the best they don't really and what's the highest in this and that they don't really care about it's the the more the gourmet side type thing is what we'd be looking at wouldn't be mackie yeah, just more, more connoisseur. I mean, because we, yeah. if you're an everyday smoker, like it, most people who grow are everyday smokers. So you don't get high the same way. You don't get hit hard by that shit. You don't get the giggles. You just, you know, you regularly just high. So the flavor becomes more important. The terpene profile becomes more important when you're growing the plants then, because it's not just about getting high. Because no matter how much you smoke, it could have 30% THC in it and you could smoke it and you wouldn't you'd hit that stage where. You know, you had the giggles and all that shit. It's unlikely. You just hit that normal level of high you're always at. Mm-hmm. So, and even if it's 18%, you know, or one of the lower ends, but you'd st- same, you'd only get the same amount of high. Maybe you just smoke a bit more. But if it tastes better, you know, you don't mind so much. 
Uh, that's usually a question of THC content on new growers mm-hmm. will give us over at Percy's sometimes get a request to, you know, what's the highest THC plant that I can grow? You know, you'll tell them, but we don't get that very often. Once somebody's got a few grows under their belt, they learn flavor is more important. Yeah. I don't even check, man. I don't care about I don't THC. Just, Honestly, don't. I don't even more. It is, it is. <laughs> what, what's nice. It's, and then it's it's exciting because when you're in a community like ours, there's a lot of people that make their own seeds and make their own creations. So and mm-hmm. we kind of share amongst ourselves in that sense, um, seeds and that we don't obviously we don't trade cannabis or the the flower itself because it's illegal and we're not allowed. And we try get we try to be as above board as we can. Isn't that right, Mackie? What was that? Sorry. We're just we, watching we this site flick through in front of us. Oh, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we, we would trade between ourselves as in seeds. Like if somebody creates a new a new seed. Yeah, new, yeah, yeah. But, but never flower. No, oh, we don't do soil. anything like that. No, 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 no. no. Flower or things. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. so, you know, it, it, a, you don't want to break the rules, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Like we have... Even, even rules over at Percy's, you know, you know, trading seeds. We don't even do that until members are very known and, and very, we're very yeah, careful. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. we have to be. I mean, everybody, most everybody at Percy's, not everybody, but most everybody over there has to be careful still. I mean, mm-hmm. the the only people who have traded seeds are moderators of the site, is like yeah, yeah. TG, pretty much. Well, and that's and where I was going into. And that's where I was going to go to. Yeah, yeah. It's it will be the, the trusted temple grower, his seeds. And um, from his temple grower genetics, they, they've become very popular amongst and not just amongst members of our farm, but his, his strains have become popular in Ireland because of so many of us have started growing them. And there's other people are starting to smoke them now and they want them. They want to grow them and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is it is good in that sense, because the communities over here, they like to help each other. We're not, they, they don't help each other so much in the activism side, I have to say. They kind of right. go against each other in certain certain aspects. Like the medical mm-hmm. side will de- demonize the recreational side completely. You know, but the recreational side is all in favor for the recreation and even more in favor for the medicinal sides. Uh, it's, it's very, very confusing over in, in Europe with the way that the activism goes sometimes. I think it's honestly, it was the same here. Uh, there were a lot of folks that, uh, I don't know, for a variety of reasons, like in California, for example, where they had the, 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 the I don't know, the clinics, I guess you'd call it. Uh, Steve was super familiar with that and he would uh, know a lot more than I would. But how do I say this? Uh, from the outside, you could see that there were some folks that were sort of winking uh, about their medical uh, uh, plans, basically to, to uh, enable their their operations but there were some people who were really gung-ho die hard about the medical and they saw for exa- <clears throat> example that the recreational money was so much bigger and would basically destroy uh it, it would uh like a wrecking ball it would basically come through and, and destroy their their medical program so they were very very jealous of it i guess we've seen that in oregon too because actually that ended up happening mm-hmm. that the recreational program both by the state as well as by the essentially recreational scene that was much easier for a lot of medical uh, producers i guess i should say to become recreational so they just dropped their medical licenses in many cases you know the things that made their businesses they just dropped them and said hey we'll go wreck um 
So there is a, a very much, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm babbling a little bit. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit high already. But uh, how do I say that there's a, a push and pull and a give and take that isn't very friendly, honestly, between the, the wreck and uh, medical scenes. And it seems dumb when you look at it from the outside, but it does, it does actually make sense, right? Like the one jeopardizes the other, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can definitely see that. And you, because stigma is still there as well. And people think that, uh, you know, the, there's no medical users. People just trying to say that to get high. You know, and it's, it's one of the things that I did think in the past, because I've been a stoner for a long time before medical cannabis was, you know, a, a thing. It was still in the background. And it's, it's like when it first started coming out, I was thinking that nah, people are just trying to say this so they can get weed legal so they can get high. But then you look into it and cannabis is a legitimate medicine for loads of things, man. And people who don't look into it will still think that, that, like I thought before, I didn't look into it. That it's just people. One hundred percent, it isn't it? Yeah. And that's yeah. part of the that's part of the reason for the kind of uh, um, uh, the bad blood or whatever, the bad feelings, because a lot of the wreck people actually had to spend years finally convincing people that it was literally true what they were telling people mm-hmm. that this mm-hmm. is actually a medical thing that we're not just trying to get high that we're yeah. not just yeah. dumb stoners on and on. And there is this very cultural perception, like man, they're just fucking fake. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, whatever. Stone. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. But then when you look into it, it's, it's like, damn, man, it's just maybe there is no recreational user. Maybe that is true. Maybe we all use cannabis as medicine in some way. You come home from work and you're stressed out. So you chill out with a spliff. Is that not medicinal use? You know, is that not stress relief? Down, have a morning o'clock. You know, exactly. it's, it's medical They exactly use, say right? that. They say, you know, have a piece of chocolate uh, uh, through the day to have some stress relief or a candy or whatever. How's that mm-hmm. different than a joint or a puff in a bowl or whatever, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. all basically just uh, serotonin releasers, dopamines, and so forth. Just one taste. Well, more than one taste really good. We taste really good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> mushroom chocolate. I like that. Yeah, that's a new thing that I've been seeing popping yeah, around a lot. Yeah, that, that, it's got like THC and psilocybin. That, that looks like the shit, man. Take oh, yeah, a bite of that before you go out. Back in the day, we used to make pot brown, allegedly, in this book I'm writing. Uh, we would make... a. Uh, Pot brownies, and then we would make a mushroom frosting on top and call them galaxy Ooh. brownies. <laughs> you got any now? Okay. Pass on through the screen, bro. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we can turn that into a fruitcake. I bet we can get that through. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mail is the biggest transporter of all drugs over in, um, in Europe. Like in, I know in Ireland, that's where. All of the weed, well, no, I won't say all of it, but it's where a good 60% of the weed that comes through. So, like, I know so many people that bring stuff in from Canada and they, they buy it from Canadian and from American sites and things, and it's posted just vacuum packed and put into a package and sent over. And say seven times out of 10, the package will arrive and come through their door, you know. What is kind of the edible of choice? Is it brownies over there as well? Or do you guys make crumpets or what is the... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have a crumpets and tea with our cannabis, good sir. (laughs) Jellies, wouldn't it, lads? Yeah, jellies are getting really popular nowadays. Yeah, Yeah, man, people are loving their jellies. But it's just because uh, brownies are just easy to make, aren't they? That's what people do, the brownies. Brownies or... uh, Cleaning up a brownie tray versus cleaning up a kitchen after you make gummies, completely different experiences. 
I wouldn't even has, try it. <laughs> no, you see, you brownies see, are just good. Why doesn't anybody just say that? Like brownies are good. You can have them with milk. You can have them like, uh, have... by the fire, <laughs> walking on the way to the bus, whatever. Brownie's good, man. Wrapping them in some with aluminum the... foil or a napkin. And it's a to-go brownie. Fumi, we have a panel member called Marge. She also has a podcast called Bite Me, the edible podcast. And she is the ganja queen when it comes to edibles. Mm -hmm. She will teach you how to make sorbet. She will teach mm -hmm. you how to cook Fun. steak in weed. Yeah. You know? she, she's very good. Yeah. And that's it. Um, but what was it? Bite she me. loves to come. Uh, me, me the show about edibles. About edibles. That's yeah. it. The name of the, the channel. I'll put it up on the screen here. Uh, bite me the show about edibles uh, she's up on twitter you'll be able to find it. she's on all the networks and stuff yeah, oh, yeah. She, she's like a professional yeah. she she was on a she went on one of these ganja what's it called ganja she's a ganja that's it ganja yeah. you have to say it right with that special j you know yeah. ganja so she's got paperwork she is an official yeah. ganja mm -hmm. and a dispensary and uh, uh bud tender She's a but yeah, she works in the dispensary, a bootender up in um Ontario. Yes, bite me the series. That's not it. Bite me the, the yes. show about bite edibles. Me. The show about edibles. I hope I got that right. I'll never get it right, you know. I think that's I'll correct. No, it is. It's bite me. I have it here. I think it's bite me podcast.com, I believe. Is what's it? Bite, bite me more on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just oh, thinking he's good. typing bite me up in, in the computer and it's like yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking, well, don't look on OnlyFans or something back. it'll probably be totally different uh, you know, don't look at images now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll find it maybe you guys can send me the link for the yeah man yeah, I'll, I'll, have it here. Oh, you got it there drop it in yeah. the YouTube chat and, and it'll be, or the, the uh, yeah, yeah the YouTube Zoom chat drop it in YouTube chat I'll prove it oh, it's okay. in the Zoom chat there hang on it's in the YouTube chat now as well I got yeah. it we're good. Uh, there we go. Yeah, man, super cool show. And it, she, she teaches yeah. you how to make anything. She's got it all there. Everything. Yeah. As I said, sorbet. Like, who would fucking think of sorbet? Marge would. You know? I, make a, <laughs> I make a really, really Apple crisp. medicated Bernays sauce. Oh, sounds nice. Not can of jam. Mm. Nice. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I don't you know, even like jam. You said it 50 times, it's still not as good as Hondas. I don't know. I like a nice medicated <laughs> pesto is really nice sometimes, too. You like Hollandaise over Bernays? Dude, Hollandaise all day, man. All day. You can't make an Eggs Benedict with a Bernays, but you can make it with a Hollandaise. That's true. Yeah. Yes, man. she got this podcasts cool. as well. Lots of episodes, which you can just listen to. Which are all very well produced as well. She, she's good at this shit. It's very professional. Yeah, well, she's, a, she's a panelist on our show as well. So you can also hear her on, on Sundays and Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays. Damn, you guys are making a ton of content over there. I don't realize you guys have that many shows. That's fucking But awesome. no, we, we've recently just changed because we, we have the Sunday show, which is us recording the show live. And then the show gets edited and sent out on a Tuesday oh, okay. as a normal podcast, which obviously isn't live. But uh, recently we've changed because we, we try and fit everything in into about two hours. But we have so much content to cover nowadays. It takes too long and it, we uh, run over time and it feels rushed. We're just trying to keep everything crammed into a short space of time. So instead of keeping it crammed in, we've, uh, we're doing three episodes a week 
where Monday would be the cannabis news where we can discuss that for an hour. And, and we just talk about the cannabis news for an hour on, on the Monday show, which is recorded. We record that on the Sunday, though, but it goes out on Monday as just cannabis news. And we also have an interview every week, which we usually have to cut down to about 25 to 30 minutes to fit that into the live show on Sundays. And we always have to take loads of good content out. So instead of doing that, we're releasing the uh, interviews in full on Wednesdays, which will be about an hour long as well. And then the Grow Guide section, which is on the end of the show, which we also record on Sundays, uh, that goes out on a Friday. And it's going to, it's, we're starting that again just from now. We've just started the whole thing again. We've, what did we do just? What was the fucking, what was the last episode? Excuse my highness. <laughs> basically trying to decide if you decide what you're going to grow, how to start your yeah, first grow. Yeah, yeah how to uh, prepare for your first grow. And we're going to make ourselves for the, for the whole series of teaching everybody how to grow cannabis from scratch in all different mediums, all different methods. And uh, they're going to be an hour long each. They're released on Fridays. And then we have the show again on Sundays. So it just rotates like that, really. That's keeps awesome. us busy. Keeps us busy. Yumi and I know all about trying to cram a ton of information into a show. We mm-hmm, both end up mm-hmm. with uh, sometimes five-hour episodes. So yeah, yeah <laughs> no, it's long, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll just keep going. And see, so I thought we'd break it down into the sections and put them out across different days of the week. People might enjoy it more like that because that's how I like podcasts. You know, when I go to bed, I'm like, "What can I listen to while well, I'm going to go to sleep here?" You know, and then I'll put something on and not sleep because it's interesting shit, and I just sit there listen to it instead. But I think that's a, the way a lot of people listen to podcasts. Is, or like more, they're on their way to work. It's going to be about an hour's commute. So now, you, you know, episode's going to last about an hour long. You can listen to one that's on the, the way to work, thing one on my the back. show. I have an eight-hour podcast. So, like, if someone has an eight-hour commute, maybe we're good. But yeah, sweet. <laughs> pilots, I, I don't know. Eight Camel. hours. That, that's oh, long, no. man. It's long. Do you, do you get tired? hour yeah, we did a 24-hour stream. We do shifts, yeah. We, we, we have a different... Uh, in fact, I'm like three different guys. We just put on a different female mask and just <laughs> we, we tag in for each other. Yeah, man. Yeah, we did a 24-hour stream, all of us. GB went off and had a nap at some point, but we all sat there and did a stream for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, he did have a nap. And on the younger as it might be. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you guys... It's good fun. Any um, good, uh, particularly good, maybe breeder tips uh, or, or things that you found from, you know, ho- having different guests on your show that you're like, man, that is some, you know, really interesting thing that um, I don't think a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, so heard. many, man. He's fucking crazy. The conversations we've had with some of these people makes you realize so much shit. Ed Rosenthal has always got interesting shit to talk about. I was going to say, Ed, the, the micro grow has got very popular. Mm, with um, Ed. Um, partly because of Ed and and um, TG from our own podcast, yes, and um, Temple Grower, but, but Ed as well. Like that, Ed, that would probably be one of the most most notable things. I think would be the the form of the micro grow from what mm. we've heard from people. Would well, you? Uh, when Ed Rosenthal was talking about um, getting cannabinoids and terpenes from yeast, the way alcohol is brewed. That, that he says that's going to be the future instead of uh, growing these cannabinoids on a plant they'll be made by bacteria by altering how the bacteria react with yeast and uh, that will be made with and fermented and then they boil off the alcohol and they're left with just cannabinoids it's complex if you listen to one of our interviews with Ed Rosenthal he explains it a lot better than I do but Monkey maybe you can well, you pretty much explained it. And it's just, it's been done in only in laboratories at this point right now. But I mean, it, it's proof of concept. Personally, 
scares the hell out of me. I like my cannabis the way it is, you know, like, like it grown with the terpenes and everything all in one to what he was talking about was basically you were going to uh, chemically or, or biologically create each of the components and then have to recombine them. And, you know, mm-hmm. if I go to a legal dispensary today and I'm looking for something there, I'm looking for something that's either whole flower or uh, live resin. I don't want something that's been this this deconstructed and put back together, if you know what I mean. And but that's kind of what Ed was talking about is yeah. we go ahead and biologically create these organisms that are going to create all the cannabinoids and all the flavonoids. And we'll just go ahead and take everything together. And you'll basically have something almost like a digital printer that prints your profile out. And here, here you go. And that, that's what's perfect for uh, medical users. If you can figure out which terpene profile suits which conditions best. Having it like that would be perfect because you'd be able yeah. to put some CBG in with some THC, this much CBN and no yeah, CBD. Yeah, you would actually like print your prescription if you would, you know, mm. for medical patients, that would be ideal. So anti-inflammatory shit with the THCV, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be, that'd be the future. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. But I don't know. Unfortunately for me though, just the concept of, of and it's, I'm only basing it upon what we can do today, but the concept of, of not having the, what nature intended it as it mm-hmm. intended it, it's just not as, not as good to me. That's right. Man. You know what we Go have, uh, uh, this is actually kind of a perpetual problem in, in America, but with the, there are some solutions for it. So for example, a lot of folks, this is different. I realize, but a lot of folks would say that the way factory farm chickens are raised is very unnatural, right? Like right. They're, they're crammed together and everything else. And the, and the males are cold and everything. And so some folks as a reaction to that, uh, either for quality or morality reasons, or maybe a combination of both or some other stuff, they'll only ever eat, let's say organic free range chicken uh, eggs, for example, you know, mm-hmm. to the point that a lot of stores, at least around me and kind of hipster Portland, a lot of stores have basically discontinued selling the, the, the factory stuff. And all you see are like three or four different types of free range chicken eggs, because people are somewhat conscientious about these mm. things. Not everywhere. Some places in the country, probably very difficult to find any, you know, organic free range chicken eggs or something or free range chicken meat even. Same story, I think, with weed, you know, like, let's say, for example, that disassembled, discombobulated fucking, you know, uh, a miasma cannabis uh, that basically literally comes from like a fucking field of yeast or whatever, you know, like a swamp of yeast. Mm That's going to be really cheap. I would be, I would presume, I would presume that's going to be the bottom level stuff. And I would presume maybe unfairly, but I would presume it's going to be the lowest quality stuff. So that's going to sit, like you say, stuff that gets mixed into other stuff as a medical product, edibles, whatever else, or let's say the the bottom of the barrel dabs, you know, (laughs) the 50 cents. I saw, I was driving around the other day and I saw a $2, no, 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 $5 dabs, $5 dabs, $10 uh, shatter. And then, you know, that store probably has Mm -hmm. hash and whatever else for 30, 40, 50 60 bucks maybe not that store but you know there you can get it but point being uh the miasma cannabis we'll call it for a second the yeast uh, uh, cannabis that could be 50 cent dabs right and that yep. that how do i say this that we're not going to buy that we're probably not going to buy that just like when i go to the liquor store i don't buy the bottom shelf uh, booze i could mm-hmm. but i just mm-hmm. i choose not to for whatever reason yeah, maybe yeah. it's snobbishness or whatever else but i'm just like, nah and then i won't get the cheapest vodka or the cheapest scotch or the cheapest whatever and i'll get the one that's above that that actually is let's say brewed and aged and blah 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 so i'm just wondering like we get scared about that kind of stuff but maybe it's not something to be scared of you know maybe that'll just create a differentiation in the market and that will allow people who don't give a single fuck they'll get the cheapest possible thing and the people who do care well they'll get the more expensive stuff and everybody be happy isn't there something to that too yeah and the, the, the consumer decides don't they yeah but you see even even over here the cheapest stuff is still good quite it's still top quality because you don't get battery stuff like 
we demand good quality food over here because all of our food is free range food. It's it's all like all of the products that we we will get, like the the vegetables and everything are are all fresh, kind of just come out of the ground type thing. It's we have very distinct. Is it sustainable tastes? We demand quality over in over this side. You fussy bastards is what it is. Yeah, you kind of do honestly. Like <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that sounds like we're we're <laughs> fucking making it up. But actually, if you go like traveling is is good and it dispels a lot of uh, myths and everything else in your mind, right? But when you go, mm-hmm. let's say to to Europe, even small countries in Eastern Europe, they basically have good produce. Like yeah. even if you go to the grocery mm-hmm. store, like even in the grocery store, the produce is better, noticeably better than the produce here. And the produce here, like to get the same quality produce as even some of the lower quality grocery stores, you have to go to the better quality grocery stores. In the U.S., so we have completely shifted priorities. You can still get good produce, but you have to literally go to a, a farmer. You have to go to a farmer's market. You have mm-hmm. to join the so-called CSA, where the farmers mm-hmm. literally bring you a basket of stuff. But like at the normal grocery stores, you just you don't get the same juicy, ripe. Like like you say, like there's still dirt on it. Like it looks like a farmer yanked it out of the ground that morning, and it's maybe because the countries are smaller. I don't know. There's probably a billion different reasons for it, but it it is actually noticeable when you go overseas. Like the carrots are orange instead of kind of pale, whatever the shit. The tomatoes are red. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? And the tomatoes, I like they're you. ready to eat. That's the other thing. The fruit and vegetables are ready to eat. Here, a lot of times, you buy stuff three, four days ahead of time. Like the bananas are green still. Yep. But in, in, in Europe, like like I say, even in poor ass Poland or Czech Republic, they're not that poor anymore. But anyway, the, the, compared to Germany or something, uh, you go and you buy tomatoes, whatever, they're ready to eat. It's a bizarre contradiction. Anyway, go ahead. I I had I'll give you one um on Christmas Day for me. I had the the normally we have ham and turkey and that over here will be the traditional, but I actually had just a roast beef, just a lump of roast beef. Um I was actually looking at that cow on the Monday out my bedroom window, and <laughs> I was eating that cow on the Friday, sorry, on the Saturday. Were you torturing that cow, giving that cow no. the eye? That's 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 how fresh that's how fresh you can get the, f- the food over here. Type thing. It's like literally, <laughs> and even even when you go to the budget, yeah. And this I'm is even when you, you go to the budget. <laughs> it's like going to Red Lobster and picking out your meal. Like, yeah, I'll take that cow right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's just because it was the farmer is is uh, a friend of mine, you mm-hmm. know. And, Surprised there isn't a place like that in Texas. The thing is, you know, <laughs> got your own steer. The thing is, in the UK though, is we're fussy and we won't buy the the fruit Choice. or the vegetables that look dented or damaged, and that gets thrown away. And as a result, we have a shitload of food waste here. Waste. Mm-hmm. You know, at least it gets composted, I suppose, so it could be used to grow other shit. But it does a lot of food does get wasted in the UK because we won't we won't eat an apple with a blemish on it and all this shit. It all has to be nice and perfect. Things are changing now. An onion farmer and he he plows about two hundred tons of onions back into his land every year because they don't match the grade. They're too small, or they might have a uh, uh, an odd shape to them and yeah, they can't be yeah. sold they can't want yeah. even their 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 um not supplier their their buyer won't even buy them mm-hmm. so they just get plowed back into the land they, they, there's such such huge waste and because we have such high high demands of of quality of food and i can see that going into cannabis and things when it goes 
when cannabis is legalized over here. But it's it's already you can see it. It's already kind of there in the medicinal side in the UK. But yet they're still getting the the worst worst grade cannabis coming out of the the clinics as such, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't use it. I grow my own, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, no. From <laughs> from like what I've I've been told and things from like people that have taken got them out of there. It does be all dried up, fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they haven't considered the consumer. They just you know selling yeah. it off. Aren't they? It's just it's, it's not weed. stored correctly. It's yeah. not grown yeah. correctly. Is you wanted your weed here? You have it. Take it. Take it or leave it. Type thing. Yeah. You know, there's no. No quality control is so it's just no well yeah, they we just have don't that sometimes some of the states out here want to have all the weed pre-packaged, you know, and it's like, mm. well, how am I supposed to judge the quality of it or the smell or anything else? Or mm, how exactly. do I know that this room wasn't different from this room when they tested it in this batch? And you know, there's just I that's why one of the things I like about Oklahoma, they still allow the one one pound jars on the counter and you can talk, you know, they'll tong it out for you and weigh it all out and stuff like that. I know a lot of places, uh, you know, California, I think, has moved away from that. And some of the other states, Colorado has moved away from that. And it sucks. First world problems. It seems as if when it becomes legal in places, a shitload more regulations are added to it. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of rules in place to make sure that this is done and that's done. And it, if they step back and you know, remove some of these regulations. You just let the market do its thing and we'll be fine, man. You know, the, the illicit market, market ran fine before it was legalized. And if you just let people do their thing and the market do its thing, the consumer and the seller do their thing, then things will be all right. You just, you know, government needs to take, take, need to take their hands out of the fucking pie for a while. That's what I think about that. <laughs> yeah, well, monkey, monkey would be a... Uh, uh, kind of cannabis fucking tourists travel to the states and see what he, he travels to different states on a regular basis that sees diff, the different rules and and what they see he yeah. used to win the before times but you know back <laughs> i basically know basically what these other guys do you know on oregon i've had good experience finding easy access to to smell the jars to, to actually see the weed you know use the microscope all that good stuff Washington, same way. Colorado, I've been able to find a few places that still, you know, will let you actually see the weed, that kind of things like that. California, forget it. It's not happening. Washington, you can't see it. Yeah. Well, it's a different in different places. One of those things, you know, it's just I'm old school. I like I still like to see the jar on the shelf. And, you know, there's something about it when the bud tender opens that jar and I get that whiff from across mm-hmm. the room. It just makes me want to buy it because I smelled it from eight feet away. That That's you know an saying? experience. You can't you can't duplicate that. You know, Not only that, but uh, in a visceral sense that those uh, terpenes are interacting with your system already. You know, oh, yeah. when you like it, like it's something it's a sign that actually it's going to be a, a, a positive experience. I can't say it's going to cure your what mm-hmm. ails you or whatever, but it's going to be a positive experience when you when you do actually like, oh, that's good. Whereas mm-hmm. if you smell it, and you're, mm, you're probably not going to enjoy <laughs> that weed, honestly. And that's, yeah, that's that's real life. You know, perfect. It's example. like food. if you smell some food, if, if you're walking through a. a uh, 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 a food market or something, you know, like uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, 
uh, we have a lot of uh, food carts here. We have like food cart pods or whatever. And so these little tiny restaurants, basically, you could theoretically pick it up and move it. But long story short, they'll have like literally 20 or 30 different little mini rest, uh, restaurants, basically, in a big parking lot or something. There's chairs and tables and stuff in the, in the middle of it. And as you're walking through, you'll smell each different one. So imagine if you're walking through and you're like, oh, my fucking God, it smells horrible. You're not going to enjoy that food. Mm-hmm. Right. But that that's a common thing, honestly, with cannabis. People will take some cannabis home and they open up the bag. and Oh, man. No, I mean, I was in Oregon not too, too long ago, and I, and I can distinctly remember the bud tender. She she had a jar in her hands and she was behind Plexi and she was a good eight feet away from me. And when she took the top off the jar, it was almost instantaneous. The smell that came out that jar and it was like, OK, sales made. I don't care what it costs. I want a gram of that. No question. Take my money. Exactly. If you, if you ever want to doubt this, ask any middle-aged woman who sells essential oils. She'll tell you all about it and what they do and everything. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. But, you know, to, uh, to a cannabis connoisseur, that, that, that aroma is so important. But, you know, you're talking about the average, you know, and I'll go ahead and not to insult anyone, but use the Bud Light kind of uh, analogy. If, if you're a weekend drinker or a weekend smoker and you like the Bud Light kind of thing, if you just... If that's all you want, fine. You're probably not going to be into opening the jar and smelling the jar. You're probably going to be that person that was, what's the highest THC? What's the best buy on the shelf? You know, kind of thing like that. But bud tenders much more seem to enjoy interacting with people who want to, you know, open the jar and smell and and have a little information about it. So I've had a lot better experiences when I go to go to uh, dispensaries actually spending a little time to get to know the bud tender a little bit and asking a few questions and letting them tell me what they have. Instead of telling them what I want, let them, let them explain to me what's the best in your store. The blue cheese probably, bro. No, not always. I mean, usually if you give them an <laughs> opening like that, you know, it's like they all want to know well, what, what are you into, but I always say the same thing. It's like, what's new and different that, that I probably haven't had before. Let's start there and go and go from there. And when, when you hit it. That's that's my scene, because, hey, if I'm in a legal, I don't live in a legal space. uh, You know, basically, I have access to what I can grow. So when I get to a legal market, I want to expand my horizons. I don't want to buy what I can grow or what I have home already. I want to buy something that I've never seen, something I've never tried. And that's where my my bud tenders come into play here, because they can tell me what to expect from these things. And I've had a lot of good experiences in places where bud tenders can let me smell the jars and they can let they can help me. I've been to some dispensaries that, that like you were describing completely prepackaged. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to even say uh, screen driven menu kind of places like this in Colorado. And I didn't like that experience. I actually felt like it was in the fast food joint of weed. No, a lot of places are uh, around here uh, uh, in the legal markets because, you know, I do li- live in a legal place, basically. And so here, actually, uh, like in the city of Portland, for example, there's probably unironically 250 300 weed stores literally i'm not i'm not exaggerating at all like uh, uh there's a street here <clears throat> uh, sandy basically it's a it's a big long street it goes basically from uh, pretty much close to downtown way 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 out uh, to like a whole different town maybe i don't know, 20 25 miles uh the it's not all populated but basically for the, like the first 10 miles it's the city of portland there's probably they call it the green mile there's probably 40 weed stores <laughs> just on sandy boulevard and uh, it's somewhat common knowledge basically sort of behind the scenes that a lot of those weed stores are basically angling to be 
be bought out. Actually, a lot of them have already been bought out. But in the last few years, a, a lot of people have been opening up little storefronts, basically storefront after storefront after storefront to have some little slightly different business model waiting for some other bigger weed player to come along and scoop them up. Basically, it's kind of a, a, a bizarre thing. And so how do I say this? A lot of those little places don't really have very strong brands of their own. They don't really have very strong cohesive teams or they don't have mm-hmm. like a super strong vision because, I mean, they just want to get bought out. You know what I mean? It's it's mm. it's a really interesting little thing. But anyway, stop talking. I've been uh, I've been to Portland. I've, I've done a little bit of, a little bit of uh, vacationing there. And I do exactly know what you mean, because I remember being in downtown Portland, just being a tourist walking around thinking like, well, I'd like to have a joint. Where's the nearest dispensary? And sometimes it was a half a block away. At the most, it was it was a block and a half away. You know, at the most. Uh, So it was ridiculous. But some of those dispensaries were, you know, tiny. Mm. You know, 20 20 by twenty little tiny rooms here with somebody behind the counter and uh, nothing much to it. But no, it was obviously just a flash in the pan kind of place. So. I, I, it makes sense, though. It's kind of a chess game. You think they're coming in there and sooner or later they'll be bought out or this is what they're thinking. But good grief. I'm trying to think if they have that many of them, who the heck's going to buy out that many? Somebody's going to lose in this in this game. I mean, I like the I like the idea of competition. I like this this present situation where there is like a lot of different weed stores. I don't actually shop at the weed stores, but if I did, I'd like the idea that there are so many because the prices are super low and it seems like quality is actually pretty low too, but I don't know that that's just the weed store's fault. But uh, how do I put this? Like every time you have this consolidation, like think of our cell phone, well, I don't, you guys are different over overseas. Well, actually speaking of which, how much do you guys pay for your cell phone bills? Because I pay like I have the cheapest possible plan that I have grandfathered in with my, like my sister. And basically like, I hate my plan, but basically it's, I just the family plan with my sister i still pay over a hundred dollars for this garbage uh, what do you guys pay well every month yeah well do you buy your your device or is that part of the contract i own my own device yeah and i still pay what and you still pay i'll pay like 10 pound a month so what's that i know you do fuck me like fucking for one, internet, uh, the same thing for internet yeah. i pay and this is bizarre as fuck too uh because i use over a terabyte thanks to my show i have to sign up for their business account i pay about 140 bucks a month for for internet whoa <laughs> yeah, i pay i pay one we pay 130 for one gigabit um internet and then i'm, my I'm phone laughing because otherwise like, i'd have to cry my phone bill for my phone and then i have a minimal connection for my tablet so that i have a backup if i'm traveling but i have unlimited one of the old school verizon unlimited data plans that cost me like 220 a month wow i'm like, like 30 pound for a month yeah, and can, mine's unlimited i can download and upload as much as i want to it's I just nice because i can tether my phone to like my laptop or anything else i'm gonna be like stuck in an airport and just be like this internet sucks and just immediately switch over and and you know or if i'm in a grow and they don't have any internet or very good internet i can flip to mine and still mm-hmm. have internet access to solve problems when i'm you know working at a client's grow yeah, we, we got 4g like everywhere here so it's pretty fast 5g in some places it's it's fast man when you're just like outside away from wi-fi and shit when you're on wi-fi it's even faster yeah, I didn't you know, know you yeah. had bandwidth issues over there in the states. No wonder Elon's it's making them consolidation, man. Seriously, that's what it is. We basically <laughs> have like four or five companies, and there's a couple other companies, mm. but there's only ever really four companies wherever you are. So, like in my area, there's basically Verizon, T-Mobile, uh, Sprint, and T-Mobile have consolidated. There's a couple of like 
pay-as-you-go plans. Like, for example, I think Walmart has their own pay-as-you-go plan, but they get basically broadcasts on these same networks. So anyway, the prices just go up and up and up, and the quality is not really all that great. Like, there's all kinds of places where, now granted, the U.S. is a huge country, but still there's all kinds of places where you'll, you'll be driving to the coast or whatever, and you don't have signal, or your music stops, or you can't get a call or whatever else. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm, why I'm ranting about American cell phone coverage right now. But uh, <laughs> random. <laughs> I guess what I was trying to say is when you have. I guess the, now I get the point again that uh, when you have uh, very little competition, there's very little incentive for those companies to improve the situation. So, for example, like I know that it's a foregone conclusion. Like when I go to the coast, I'm just pretty much never going to have that much coverage. Like on the way there, like uh, even if I switch companies, even Verizon and so on, you can still lose coverage. But if there are, let's say, 100 different cell phone companies, then there might actually be incentive for them to develop their networks, share networks amongst each other, on and on and on. Because actually, there is coverage everywhere. They just don't share it with each other. So I'm just thinking, you know, this is metaphorical, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking that having lots and lots of competition would be a good thing. And, and consolidation will be a bad thing. And anything we can do to prevent that cons- consolidation seems like it would be a good thing. Because like I said, I know what the opposite is. I know what it's like to have one internet company. My internet company, if for 20 years I've had Comcast, I would never in a thousand years recommend them as a customer. I've been with them for 20 years. I would never, ever, ever recommend them because they're so terrible. But they're the only option in town. Now there's a couple different options. Now think if there were a hundred different internet options, how good the service would be. So I'm just thinking like if there's a hundred different dispensaries, right now the weed sucks, but in five years, 10 years, the weed's going to be epic. I'm thinking out loud, but I I think that if we, we need, if we want these craft markets that we talk about, we really need to foster the small competition, the mom and pop stores. We really need to meet, meet we need to take a concerted effort to shop at the small guy instead of ever going to the big guy so that we keep the advantage in the small hands whenever possible. If that's, if that would do anything. No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, and and when I was in Oregon last time, I actually made sure to try and find some some cannabis grown by some small craft growers. And I have to say the quality was outstanding. I did pay a little bit extra to get that. But, hey, I was on holiday, so it was well worth it. And those, you know, like you're saying, the small mom and pop shop, the small guy there give them a chance to cost a little bit extra. But I definitely think I got my money's worth out of that. And I would go back and do it again exactly the same way. Uh, you got some good growers in Oregon. I guarantee that. I've probably got some bad ones too. Most of the, most of the weed genetics you know about actually come from Oregon in uh, one way or the other. Uh, all the Dutch genetics basically come from Oregon uh, by way of all kinds of exportation and so on. Like a lot of the stuff, I mean, you know, originally comes from Afghanistan and Thailand and so on, but it came via Oregon. So yeah, we have a long tradition of really, really good weed. Plus it rains like half the year here. So what are you going to do, man? You got to go inside and get stoned. <laughs> That's true. What, um, wasn't it? What? Weren't you in Oregon not so long ago, Monkey? Was it Oregon you were? Yes, it Where was. Where you went um, in behind in the, the fire. What, what was the name of that place again? Uh, we went to Bend. Bend, Oregon. I mean, you're talking about the farm we were at? The farm, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was Miracle Greens. Mm. And they had they had really good wheat. Yeah, um, a small craft grower out there. Um, friend of the show is is a, a grow, one of the growers out there and gave me a little bit behind the scene tour and then took me to the dispensary and showed me some of their top shelf stuff and excellent, excellent quality came out of that place and really, really enjoyed that. It's always nice to get in and, and, and get behind the scenes like that, get a, get a look behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, Nobody's talking. 
Yeah, so like, not, not every grower will let you get behind the curtain like that. You know, that was kind of really nice of, of uh, Stoner Chef to do that for us. Yeah, man, for sure. Any other uh, kind of unique tips or tricks, especially around, you know, like we, I was saying earlier, breeding in particular uh, that you guys have picked up along the way? You guys have interviewed some pretty cool people. No, we just get high, really. We just, we just get high <laughs> and have conversations with these people. I mean, we ask some grow questions sometimes, but it, when we say interview, it's just no, that's just the classic meaning of the word, really. But really, it's just a conversation we have. It is a common... Usually. Yeah. yeah, it's a common common thing that when people come on to have an interview with Bunny Ears with us, they say, geez, I've never smoked weed while I do one of these things. Or no. well, they like, is there like any questions or anything? It's like, no, no, no it's questions. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's what it is. It just be a sit down, you get high, you have a chat and you just have normal flow. Yeah, see just, how it goes. Yeah. Just follow the conversation where it leads us, you know. Yeah, it's, it's fun sometimes. It's fun. Some people find it a bit strange. I think the first time we interviewed Tommy, he was a bit taken back, and then he came back a second time just to smoke weed with us and celebrate. I think it was Fourth of July, or was it a, a Sunday? It was one of the days he came. It was back. a weekend. That's all I remember. Because yeah, yeah, his son came and got him to play basketball or something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the third time. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a cool guy, man. Super cool guy. We want to get you guys on. We need to get you guys on for an interview over at Apex. That would be a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, yeah, love man. to always talk about aquaponics and sustainable growing and all the just different things. Having traveled around now and worked in different places, it's fun to talk about kind of the different ways that they go about things in different parts of the world in regards to cannabis, you know, it's fun. Yeah, man. Our, our listeners would love all of that stuff. So we'll, I'll, we'll organize it through the email, you know, I'll sort it out on our side. Sure. Yeah, that'd, no, that'd be sweet. great. We get you on as well, Fumidor, if you, you want to come on. What you say? Fun. Cheers, dudes. So at different times, you don't have to come on at the same time and shit. Yeah, Fumi, like, why don't you uh, you want to tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do, your podcast, and then your your website. You guys might enjoy it. Honestly, uh, I've been meaning to ask you about like the whole pub scene. And I was going to ask you like, uh, you know, is cannabis going to develop someday when it's uh, legal in like a pub scene? But you know, maybe you can come on my show and talk about it. Uh, basically, my show is this kind of longer form uh, discussion where we'll talk about you know all this different stuff. We'll talk about it for a few hours in the evening, honestly, and it's like a cannabis pub basically. So uh, I, I for like I don't know a year. Or two years or whatever through this whole pandemic i've been trying to figure out how to just dis- like describe the show but honestly it's just basically a pub for your favorite grower friends you know like a cannabis pub basically so uh, we do actually have like whiskey night last night was whiskey night where we actually had you know weed and whiskey saturday is a uh, bruise night basically where we have like a, a, a micro brews and stuff and then of course you know a weed and we talk about uh, growing and all kinds of uh, uh would come on and talk about aquaponics uh, clackamas coot comes on and you know he's a legendary guy he talks about soil science and barley and all kinds of stuff and mm-hmm. we'll talk about all kinds of random stuff honestly and you know in an eight-hour show we we actually get through a lot of different <laughs> interesting content so anyway it's a fun t- uh, fun time fun place uh uh a fun uh, group and we're not very pretentious i like to say that uh, we take the weed seriously but we don't take ourselves too seriously nice. it's, again, it's basically a pub so you guys are welcome to hop on anytime it's on my channel a uh, few and the flavors and uh, we're on what uh, tuesday evenings wednesday evenings and saturday evenings sweet oh, grand. I, I i will i will look up to that I've, i'm mm-hmm. i'm 24 hours late i was sucking down on some um 
Kill, kill, um, kill, kill show. <laughs> it was good, whatever and it was. Oh, yeah. sorry, that's it. Sorry, I couldn't even think of it. Nepal, <laughs> fucking 16 there, just before I came onto the show. I was a bit tipsy. I'm starting to sober up now. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I didn't know how much longer you guys had. We can wrap it soon or we can keep going for a little longer. It's up to you guys. Uh, we, we can wrap it up and we, where you guys are. Well, we can wrap it up and then get you guys over to us at some point. So, you know, there'll be plenty, plenty more of us all together, just in different places. Yeah. Sure. Well, why don't you tell uh, everybody how to find you? Uh, I guess we'll start off. I got, got this little queued up here. So you got Matt. Uh, I'll just let you introduce this. Uh, Percy'sGrowing.com is where you can find us all. That's uh, It's a Cannabis Growers Forum and website for personal growers, not like commercial cultivators and things like that. We just uh, personal growers only, people who grow cannabis at home for personal use. And anybody who does is welcome to come and join us, whether you're experienced or new and you want to learn things. You know, it's a great place to learn how to grow because everyone's really high on really nice weed. So they're all very friendly. So <laughs> come and sign up. Don't be afraid to ask questions. We're always happy to answer you questions and shit. We're just going to show your plants off. We've got we've got a competition coming up soon where we're giving away a HLG. What's that one called, monkeys? Blackwing. The, the Blackwing, right? Yeah, we've got the Blackwing. We're going to do different competitions throughout the year, giving away more lights. So you want to come over and play in some of these competitions we have. It's good fun too. And of course, the podcast, High and Homegrown. Yeah, thanks for pointing out there, Pete. See, yeah, just it's a podcast about weed. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's pretty much when we're on it, pretty much. Yeah. 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 We do news and interviews and grow guides. So we, we just, you know, have fun, have some banter. It's a good yeah. laugh, man. I hope you enjoy the show if you tune in. If you don't already tune in, we've seen loads of your guys uh, in the chat there, in the chat, some of, some of the YouTubers, some of our got, guys uh, are there. Fumi, they have a zombie too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking in the chat. Brains. <laughs> yeah, he likes the KC brains as well. Uh, there's no, green tea. Green tea's in the chat. What's up, GT? Glass has come and joined us. Oh, I see Johnny is in there as well. I think Hunter was there as well. I haven't seen John. Michael. Michael's there. But he looks like they're all regulars here anyway. And, uh, I'm going to quickly over. plug to uh, I'm doing a, a, a live person event on uh, January 21st with Jordan River and OKC. Uh, Sweet. So they have him uh, interview with him as well um so uh, definitely that'll be fun with him uh, myself and brennan rust will be there uh kind of answering grow questions with uh kind of a, a fun recorded sesh so cool jordan rivers a legend and he's a good guy man mm -hmm. yeah, really yeah, like we've got him coming Perfect. up soon as well and we've got and, uh wolfman too wolfman's gonna come on that'll be fun and we also have a uh, high on homegrown on instagram as well if you guys want to follow them over there yeah we don't use the social networks so much because you know they're always going to get shut down at some point yeah but, you know, it, it's our, there <laughs> we post on percy's instagram uh yeah occasionally but everybody's getting shut down so unfortunately it's just a matter of time i have a feeling mm -hmm. so until until then no, we we periodically were there instagram seems pretty schizophrenic other instagram uh if you post anything mushroom related they seem to be pretty pretty anti that um youtube also you can get yourself into trouble pretty quickly depending on how mm -hmm. you frame the mushroom content mm -hmm. um, so that, crazy that's shit, isn't it? the biggest reason oh man i posted chanterelle mushrooms my gosh i think i'm gonna get busted then huh <laughs> i love chanterelles man. 
a couple yeah. of weeks ago, I pulled two grocery bags full. No, it's too late around here, but yeah, my sp- that's my spring thing, man. I get the morels in the springtime. It was real tasty. What, mm. do you guys forage at all up there? Are you guys uh, in the UK or is that not so much a thing there? Only for mushrooms that get you high, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, uh, no. no, that would be it. Would it would be a big <laughs> enough thing? I think with that, there'd be a lot of people. I know a lot of people that would go out and forage, um, for mushrooms and berries and stuff like that when they're out on walks. Uh, yeah, berries and shit, but mushrooms, man. Just, yeah, well, like, mushrooms as well. Yeah. Only if yeah. they get you high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got uh, green beards. Um, he, he's a uh, green beard underscore grows on Instagram. If you want to follow him. Yeah, it'd be cool. Thanking you. You get me over on um, Percy's. Percy's Grow Room and High and Home Grow most of the times. It's green tea. I'm just looking at the chat there. And, uh, what about Monkey Do? Uh, Monkey Do uh, underscore grows. They have the Instagram. So taking his phone number. Instagram.com <laughs> slash Percy's <laughs> Grow Room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, there we go. Yeah, my Instagram was more or less created to support the show. But and that's the interview we had this week with Jesse Lavoy from Toba Grown. That's right. This Breeder Steve, Breed Steve legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Breeder Steve was the first guy to do aquaponic cannabis and write about it back on the Overgrow days. Uh-huh. Whoa. He's done a lot of shit, Breeder Steve has. He's been around for a long time, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah Swami. Yeah, Swami. Yeah, yeah. Frenchy. Frenchy and Swami was cool. Monkey Pipes. <laughs> Monkey Pipes. There you go. That's that's for sure. fun one, the uh, coffee mug challenge. Yes. Yeah, that was the first one I tried to do. Uh, done, done a few since then. Just tasty. Oh, we've had a couple of funny ones. We've had ones in um, game controllers, in footballs, in tires, and there it is. Look, there's, the, there's the game of controller one. There it is. Yeah, nice <laughs> one. It's uh, an aerial, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it and- was. They gutted the controller and grew it out at the uh, the cheap controller thing, and then decided that was a uh, you know, two ounce bottle. And they challenged me to get two grams off of it. I got five, so I figure I won. But you know. Sometimes you got to do things just because. The unconventional container grow. Is what it was yeah, exactly. unconventional grow, yeah. yeah we pulled an ounce out of a coffee mug, so you know, now I've got to beat that. That's, that's the next thing. <laughs> Something to play with, you know. you got to do what you got to do. It's, it's been a while since did one. Yeah. I've got a couple in my tent right now in solo cups, but I just have, I really honestly don't have time to document them right now. It's, just, it's busy. I think we'll get uh, back to we, were, we were talking the other day about trying to do one at the dollar store and trying to do like, the you know, I live in like the hood on the cheapest budget humanly possible and still pull off a run that's like, yeah, you know, not total crap or synthetically tasting garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking about trying to do something like that. So that's really cool idea with the coffee mugs and stuff. Well, I mean, you live in Oklahoma, so I mean, as long as you got a medical license there, you could you could yep. use the sun as your light source. So that there you go, there's your cost right there. Uh, I work, yeah. yeah, really. So now it's just a matter of getting the cheap cheap nutrients and stuff, and yeah, throw it at it. Well, my housemate was a part. Of, well, was one of the owners of a lighting company, so that helps. Yeah, 
Cool. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, and then uh, how what how can people find you if they want to watch you guys live? I know it's Sundays. Oh yeah, yeah, Sundays at nine o'clock. You have to sign up to the mailing list right now. I think we're just going to make it. I, I don't know. We're deciding whether to make it private or public, unlisted or you know, you know, public on YouTube. So because right now we have people who are on the mailing list. If you're on the mailing list, you'll get sent link to the show and the info that's in the show, and then you'll be able to watch it live behind the scenes. But that's a new thing that we've done. We used to do it live for public every week. I don't know, just getting a little twitchy about YouTube censorism and all that shit, censorship, censorism. <laughs> and then there's, there's you get the the odd few trolls that would have wackos. 20 fucking accounts that are the same person yeah. that keep coming by and it's just would not be nice stay and would, would would say quite racist things in some yeah some sometimes case. sometimes just no. interrupting the vibe you know we're all trying yeah. to chill and just have a nice no. session random people jump in and say shit it's it's still in in controvert our conversation whether to keep it private or mm-hmm. or public but it's we, because we we've moved to the new structure now as well we've taken yeah. it private for a while but, but i'm sure we'll come public again we on friday nights as well we have the session where we just chat shit for a couple of hours on a friday night starts at nine o'clock uh a.m over p.m a.m no it doesn't is that yeah, a friday night at 9 a.m that's london time <laughs> 9 that would be four o'clock eastern time <laughs> yeah it's good fun when we just chat shit then but then the actual show is on a sunday but you know sign up to the mailing list it's all free and everything you just get the link from there well you can get it from purses it's lots of different ways to do it. Like kool-aid packet sorry oh uh Never mind. It's I. It so the the hail bomb comment. Anyways, the guys from Heaven's Gate. Never mind. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, know, I know Heaven's Gate. I remember the Kool Aid. There was a cult that killed themselves after an a hail bomb comment went over and yeah, yeah, wore jumpsuits yeah. and sneakers and drank Kool Aid and anyways. It's like a cult, right? <laughs> It was Charlie it, attempted it was British. the Jonestown, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. Different one. Heaven's Gate was a different group. Okay, that was a different one. Oh, right, right. Yeah, Jim Jones was in. Uh, well, what was the that? Name was of that Guyana. Country, uh, it was Guyana. Guyana, wasn't it? I mean, they're both sad, honestly. But one was sad, sad, and one was sad, funny. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know what you mean. That the Heaven's Gate ones there was one he was like look if any of you guys don't want to do this you can leave and the one guy was like well this is dumb I'm leaving and he just they like let him leave so they were like all volunteer that's only. why it's sad funny them, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't want to die I'm leaving so yeah he felt pretty smart after that I guess whereas Jim Jones uh, that was not voluntary <laughs> no if you try to leave there you got shot yeah um, people were crazy you know just stay at home and smoke weed. You're safe. Right? <laughs> really? Like a trip in your mind, man. Shit. So that's, we should we call it a day then? Oh yeah. And what about you, Fumi? How do how do people find you? Quite easily. Uh, go to my website. <laughs> Before I cough in everyone's ear, uh, fumidoro.com. <laughs> Excuse me. 
A few minutes. Few minutes. <laughs> Is that a good commercial? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Fumidoro.com. Uh, there it is right there. Thank you, Potent. Uh, you can go to the contact page. There's a Discord there. We have a lot of, we have a lot of fun over the Discord. Uh, you can go to the YouTube channel there. You can uh, click my, uh, there you go right there. You can click the Instagram. Uh, we have a photo contest every month over at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Uh, go click on that and follow us there uh, or follow me there, honestly. That's my uh, uh, vestigial Portland Cannabis Tasting Society website. We used to meet live, you know, before the pandemic and all this kind of uh, uh, random garbage that we know about. I hope that it'll come back uh, in-person meetings, man. We had so much freaking fun. Uh, throwdowns of fine cannabis. You guys would be so pleased. Honestly, like 90% <laughs> home growers. It was, it was uh, good times, honestly. Nice. Anyway, ladies and do gentlemen, you, check it out. Do you ship seeds to, to Ireland, Jimmy? Uh, a little birdie told me that they might. Yes, indeed. Uh, at the moment, by the way, you guys need to know if anyone is living in Australia, be very cautious about ordering anything because apparently Australia is only accepting uh, 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 envelopes or... Uh, express mail so in other words from the u.s that's like either uh the little tiny like letter envelopes or 70 dollars shipping evidently they, they're way short staffed staffed but uh, uh otherwise i guess fumidoro allegedly uh, uh maybe sells ships to anywhere i mean we don't ship to anywhere where you get like beheaded so yeah wow. <laughs> cool. understand yeah use your your you know I mean, they're genetic preservation kits, honestly. They're not, they're not seeds, you know? So they're museum, museum quality genetic preservation kits that you can contemplate meditatively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can find me at uh, Growing With Fishes on your favorite podcast app. And um, uh, we, we've just had a huge influx of new users this year. I just wanted to say thank you, everybody that's been promoting the show out there. Um, it really is helping. Um, we've really noticed a huge uptick this year. We've, I've been averaging almost 3,000 views a day just on Holy SoundCloud. Cow. Uh, so that's that's pretty balling. Um, not counting YouTube or iTunes or anything else or, or Spotify. Uh, and you can check out Marty and I's class over apmjclass.com. Uh, you can use coupon code FUMI on there if you want to save a couple bucks. Um, we don't normally do coupon codes on this show, but... Uh, uh, we'll drop it this one time. Uh, <laughs> help you guys out. Um, yeah, check it out. And um, yeah, it's a whole long format class. We've recorded a ton of information on aquaponic cannabis growing. We have tours of a bunch of facilities. We have a bunch of content that's not on YouTube on build outs that Marty and I have done. Um, a bunch of uh, insect guides and, and all kinds of other cool stuff. So uh, a bunch of advanced stuff on Korean natural farming and a bunch of other things as well. So uh, definitely check that out. We're going to be in, uh, redoing a bunch of the uh, concentrate stuff this year and doing a lot more work uh, uh, to fluff out more of that portion of the class uh, and a bunch of other cool things. So definitely, uh, if you're looking for that kind of long format education, it is available anytime, day or night. Um, you do that. And we also have a couple of live sessions each month as well. Uh, so we can answer your questions if you have a, a question about the class. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, and thanks for having us, man. Been yeah, a pleasure. Yes. You're cool. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you guys can catch them over on High on Homegrown. Um, and you guys can uh, catch us again. Uh, uh, actually, next up will be on Fumi show on Saturday. Uh, yeah. at, uh, I believe it's 8 o'clock Pacific, right? Indeed. We'll be there. You guys are welcome to come. I, I know it's like four o'clock in the morning for you, but uh, if you'd like, you're welcome. Oh, to you join never us. know, man. You never know. Right? <laughs> you after after a late night out uh, on the town, whatever. Tell Depends how strong the weed is, bro. 
Does that mean? <laughs> it doesn't even have to be. It was four o'clock when I went to sleep last night. <laughs> there you go. Right on. Cheers, dudes.